Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Diamond Styles, and I am the master chef cooking you up something succulent and divine. It's your boys out here, and we are serving hot talk and cool iced tea. And I'm Mia Mix, here to set the tone and make sure the mood is right. So come on in and get comfortable. Pull up a chair, have a seat. You can even take your shoes off. Wait, not if your feet is down. <laughs> oh, hell no. Welcome, Welcome to, to Marsha's Plate. The time has come for you to be the change you want them to be, yeah. No more running around filled with all hypocrisy, yeah. It starts from the inside, it spreads wide, and everything will be all right. Conversation hashtag Marsha's Plate on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We want to hear what you guys have to say. You can also help us build community by becoming a patron on Patreon.com/slash Marsha's Plate by contributing to this podcast. You help us continue our powerful work to change culture one episode at a time. So let's get started. So what's your tea? <laughs> <laughs> How are you guys doing today? We're good. We're so excited to be here. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much yes. for having us. We love the show. I think I streamed like six or eight hours just yesterday. Oh, well, come <laughs> on. <laughs> Play. Because uh, I drive for a living, basically. So while I'm in my car, I just have the podcast going. So it feels like you guys are with me all the time. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. See, I, I, I wonder <laughs> if people do that, like at work, like stream it and stuff. Mm -hmm. So like, um, have you ever had... Um, have it streamed and had someone in the car and like had like some rebuttals and what were some of the things they said? Uh, I normally ride with my windows down so people can hear all the time. I <laughs> and unfortunately, I never know what you guys are going to say. So it normally gets like super inappropriate no! really fast. Yeah, no! just like that. <laughs> and it's probably me. And yeah, and I got yeah. <laughs> I have to turn it down real quick. And like I was just like messing through the stations. <laughs> So, yes, we have Jessica here. She's one of our pioneer trans women here in Houston. She's a model. Um, do you do a little actressing on the side? Can you, can you? Yes, I also do acting. I do a lot of, like, advocacy work. I am a case manager. I wear many hats. Yes, very yeah. multi-talented. Yes, Very thank grounded. You. Um, thank and you. then we have her, her mates. We have... Jessica's man. So yes, my man. Attitude to that. A man. My man. Right, your man. She calls him Alec, but his yeah. name is Alex. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do, Alex? Uh, I just moved to Houston. So um, right now I'm just a full time DoorDash driver. Believe it or not, uh, there's a lot of coint to be had in that. <laughs> yes, doing it full time, so I just do it during the lunch rush and the dinner rush every day. So okay. I'm making that money, paying right. bills off of DoorDash. Right. Um, but I also work for the Houston Texans. I sell raffle tickets. Hey. So a little bit of that, and then uh, I do some videography work for Spectrum South. That's an online LGBT magazine here in Houston. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I know, many jobs. Um, 
I recently started working with a company called Control Shift VFX that is also okay. based in Houston. It's a production studio. They make videos for Otterbox and LifeProof, mm-hmm. like their advertising. And they are starting up a trans healthcare documentary uh, okay. based here in Houston. So I'm like rounding up people for that. Okay. Um, Multi-talented so, yeah. as well. Just, yep. All right. <laughs> I actually have the DoorDash app to do to be a dasher yeah and i haven't really got an order yet i just kind of just sit there and just you gotta like, do it during those peak times that's got the only you. time it's worth it it's like <laughs> 11 a.m to 1 and 5 p.m to 9 is when it's busy oh okay i also do i did uber once too uber's not as good i'm not gonna yeah. lie <laughs> i was like oh, you only well. made like three dollars off of uber but For you're real? guaranteed like six to seven per run on doordash so mm. oh, okay i'm both okay yeah. uber eats you're only getting like three dollars per what? order so i'm like that's not mm. worth it for the gas <laughs> yeah that oh, yeah, too they that do support too. Trump. <laughs> yeah. okay so cool so we went to go see ready or not that was <laughs> that was so much fun and z keeps like making fun of me with the old lady the old lady who had that face oh yeah the wedding yeah <laughs> <laughs> she had a stale face <laughs> well i make that face sometimes when i'm upset so <laughs> me too girl so, okay. so like, i i sent the screenshot of it to him all, all the time it's nice getting the opportunity to be able to double date with another black trans couple within the same city yes like, yes i definitely agree 100 percent. being from a small town that was never an option i was one of two black trans people in my whole city so it's like there's too, so though. much community here in houston is there a lot of black people, period? Like, where you was Not at? a whole lot. It's mostly white people. Not going to lie. That's Kentucky. But <laughs> mm, Okay. Um, it's a lot more diverse in Houston, for sure. I see, like, all different colors here in Houston. It's not just white people and black people like it is in Kentucky. Do you like it better here? I do. I love okay. it. How's love the it. driving for you? <laughs> he, How's the lanes? He all the lanes. freaks out all the time on the road. <laughs> too much anxiety. I've got too much anxiety for the freeways. I, I yeah, it's a little rough. But once I get like downtown or wherever I'm trying to get off of, when I take my exit, it's good. <laughs> no, I trust me. I have to bogart all the time. Right. Like, I, and I had to learn that. I was like, I'm not going to get anywhere. If I'm going to be nice, everyone's going to cut me off. Yes. You know what really burns me? It's when you're going somewhere and someone cuts you off and won't let you get over. But they keep going straight because they're not going to the exit. I'm right. Over it. it doesn't make any sense. It's like, why? But, yes. but we're all just trying to get to where we're trying to get. I've had to be an asshole sometimes and cut people off. I'm like, oh, that's not the Kentucky way. What happened to <laughs> What happened to my Southern hospitality? Oh, my God. That sounds just like my mom. She says the same thing every time she comes here. I, I will agree with you. I'm from a place where there wasn't many trans people. So, like, gosh, it was. it's always nice to be able to, like, not even just, like, um, like have conversations with other trans people. But um, I didn't have that where I was from. So, it's just great to be around trans people all the time, too. Thank God for BTAC. Shout out yes. to BTAC for bringing us together. This was my first BTAC. So just like that was so much community, just being around so many black people, for one, being from Kentucky and then being around so many black trans people and just like seeing people that have similar journeys to me, regardless of where we're from. Mm -hmm. That was just so eye opening being there. And I cannot wait for May 5th, this next BTAC (laughs) in Dallas. That's going to be really, really nice. Just yeah. Now that I've got my first year out of the way. I, I absolutely loved it. That's where I met Jessica. And... 
when I went to B-Tech, it was just such a fulfilling experience. Like, I didn't think that it was going to be so enriching as it was. Like, I had, like, a whole different outlook of what transness is Mm -hmm. and the possibilities of what we can do as trans people too because you have so many different trans people from every different life i mean um every walk of life Mm -hmm. and and we're not all just specific to like a a a certain type of transness if that makes sense even which makes it beautiful people like i've never been around so many people that identify as non-binary until btech Right. So I learned so much about the non-binary community. Which I think is beautiful because I had to work on um, the language mm-hmm. as, as far as using it all the time and making it um, a part of my language. So right. I think that's that's very progressive to be able to be around those type of people and have to use those those pronouns and stuff. Right. And I think it's inspirational as well, like because I feel like in society they try to place like limitations on who you can be as a trans individual, right? And mm-hmm. so going into these spaces where we see people that are breaking those stereotypes, like whatever that may be, or breaking the limitations that society has placed on us I think that's what that's like the biggest takeaway for me like going there and just seeing people just be happy and live and love and just to kind of have that like it's like a family reunion type feel you know like to be able to have that with people even if it's their first time coming and to just break bread together and laugh together and learn together and just love one another I think that's really powerful you operate in a lot of like cishet um spaces right like modeling Mm -hmm. and stuff oh definitely yeah you deal with like a lot of microaggressions yeah yes i would definitely say so um and i mean even like that being in those spaces with like with modeling i've had a lot of like ups and downs and like alex has been able to witness that there's a lot Mm -hmm. of toxicity that's in there um Mm As far as I've had to realize like throughout time that modeling was not necessarily a place that was built for women like me, people like me in general. You know, there's still if we really look back and look at to look at the women that were being used and that make the most money and that are the most predominant in the industry, it's cis white women. And Mm -hmm. so even their measurements are different than cis black women and especially different from trans black women. Mm -hmm. So. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time of my life trying to, um, I guess like fit into certain spaces that were not made for me. And so that plays another toll kind of into like society feeling like we're creating spaces for ourselves, like Mm. in whatever path that we go. Um, now, I mean, there are certain designers and there are certain brands that are starting to become more open and become more inclusive of like different body types and different Um, gender identities and that's amazing so like I try to now affirm myself by going into those spaces while also just continuing to try to like create spaces where I can Um, but yeah there can be a lot of toxicity in those spaces for sure so I see y'all both are very visible so do y'all feel like y'all advocate mostly with visibility or any other way like what ways do you feel like you like you are an activist in your work good question (laughs) (laughs) i feel like social media has like really elevated um the whole mm, how do i want to put this um 
Just like becoming visible, I guess. Like yeah. it's a lot easier to become a visible, visible trans person mm -hmm. just from sitting in your bed and posting selfies mm -hmm. saying, hey, I this is my chest one month post-op. And mm -hmm. like that's being visible right there because yeah. someone in Seattle, Washington might be seeing that that just started their transition and they're like, mm -hmm. oh, wow, that could be me. And you're motivated. You're advocating right there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I also want to add, though, I try to stay whenever I go into like public spaces and I talk like there's ways that you can can, can help the community without being like as visible as us, because mm -hmm. that's not always realistic for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for me, I transitioned when I was 17 in high school and I did not like I went away to college. And like during that time, I didn't really talk about being trans. I was not very open. I kind of tried to just be like just a normal in quotation marks like student. And like I didn't want to be like mm -hmm. set in a box or like set aside. So like during those years of college, I was just trying to like live my life and I was not visible. I didn't like advocate. I didn't talk about the community. I was just trying to get through every like each day, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and during that time, it was like. I, I experienced a lot of discrimination, I feel like, during that time, mm -hmm. like the most that I had ever experienced throughout like my entire time. And I didn't have the community like mm -hmm. there. I didn't know people. I didn't have resources that I do now. I didn't have all of that stuff. So I think mm -hmm. within that and then realizing one of the main reasons that I was able to finally find my truth was because I saw visible faces. Like I decided that I wanted to be a visible face for someone else mm -hmm. um, in whichever way that I could. But... Also, I know that it's not realistic for everyone to be super visible or, you know, they can also help by voting or they can help by, you know, sending letters or, you know, there's so many different things that people can do. Mm -hmm. That's not like I have to be on pose. I have to, you know, be on the cover of a magazine. I have mm -hmm. to do all of this stuff, which I feel like a lot of people feel is what they have to do to like mm -hmm. be impactful to, for the community. Right. The same for me. Um, being from Kentucky, like I being from a small town, it impacted when I came out. I didn't feel like it was safe for me to come out until I was a senior in college. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like 21 going on 22 just because of the family aspect of it. I wanted my family to be at my graduation. And mm -hmm. because I ended up coming out before then, they weren't. Mm -hmm. um, but I couldn't hold who I was inside anymore. I just, mm -hmm. I had to come out, broke yeah. that closet door down. Kick <laughs> um, <laughs> that motherfucker now. But uh, a huge tool for me was Instagram. Like mm -hmm. it made me feel like I didn't live in such a small town because I was finding guys that look like me, other black trans guys that live in like New York and like all these mm -hmm. places where like it's uh, safer for them to be visibly trans. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to make it safe for me. Like I, I have a good squad of friends and like my friends have become my family. And if my family's not going to be here for me, then you know what? Mm -hmm. It is what it is. I came out, um, my fall semester of my senior year and uh it took me a while to have that conversation with my mom and i ended up not having it with her in person uh i wrote a two and a half page letter um mm -hmm. and i delivered it to her in person but then i went to a friend's house and then came back a couple hours later to like give her time to digest it um and we had a really long conversation afterwards. Uh, in the letter, I really didn't come out as anything. I was just telling her my feelings of like feeling masculine on the inside and feeling the pressure of trying to be hyper femme on the outside mm -hmm. um, because I'm the middle child, but I was 
the oldest daughter, in quotes. Mm. Um, so my sister was um, really heavy into sports, basketball and track. Mm -hmm. And so like she got to be the masculine one and it was okay. It was excusable because she was in sports. But for me, mm. I was not in sports. So what? it's like, oh, you ha yeah, I know. I just felt That's that weird. pressure from everyone to be the feminine one because my sister was in sports and she could rock the headbands and the basketball shorts and like what? get excused for it. But it's like, no, you got to wear American Eagle and like all this stuff and like be hyper femme. And that was not me. Mm. Uh, so it was more so just like explaining my feelings of not feeling in place in my own body, I guess. Mm. Um, and so uh, that wasn't, I didn't say that I was trans. I didn't say that I liked, um, that I was a lesbian. Like that was just kind of me explaining my feelings and she didn't really understand. Um, and she like started to pull away after that and we didn't talk as much. Um, so when it came to like invitations for graduation, I ended up not inviting her at all because she had pulled away so much. We went, um, nine months without talking during this period. Do y'all talk it, now? Not as much. Mm. Um, it got better for a second, like probably like once a month, she would say, hey, just seeing how you're doing. And she's finally started to say, I love you again. Um, mm. Yeah, there was a couple of years where she didn't say I love you. And there was a couple of birthdays she missed. Mm. Um, but it's probably been about a month and a half since she last reached out. Um, and mm it has taken such a toll on me emotionally and Jessica has had like, it's affected us because it's affected my mood and just like feeling mm. like I'm still not whole because I don't have my family. And she's like, you know what you like, you've done all of this without them. Like you don't need them necessarily. Like you have mm. community, you have mm. community. Like you don't Family's need your blood, blood family yeah. like that. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, we have each other, and her family is 100% supportive of us, and that yeah, has helped so much. Her dad is so cool much. as fuck. <laughs> yes, he is. It, it has helped so much, um, just, like, feeling accepted. Like, I don't have to feel yeah. acceptance 100% for my blood family, because I really don't think I'm going to get it at this point. Mm. And that's the reality for a lot of trans people, mm -hmm. too. You're listening to Houston's own MP Trans 101. Whoa. Now, listen, I know... That what is basic trans 101 for me could just be the beginning for you. So this is for your basic ass. basic <laughs> for me in this life could be just the beginning for you. what a paradox is a paradox is a seemingly absurd or self-contradictory statement or proposition that when investigated or explained may prove to be well-founded and true today we're going to talk about the terms paradox t-e-r-m-s terms paradox Many people feel more comfortable when they have a list of terms and accompanying definitions in fact, some people believe that knowing exactly what a set of terms means is a critical component of being culturally competent, especially when it comes to being an ally. They feel like, oh, I got this. I got I know exactly what all of this stuff means. So I'm a good ally. Uh, 
not necessarily. Look, we recognize that the meaning of terms are in a consistent state of flux and evolution and that every individual defines particular terms in very different ways. This may be especially true in the trans community where there are literally hundreds of words used to describe transgender people or gender nonconforming identities and experiences. I believe that a better approach to transgender terminology is to focus on the terms paradox. And here goes the terms paradox. Terms are crucial and terms are meaningless. Ooh, those two things seems like they don't really match. So let me explain. So let me explain why terms are crucial. Finding out what terms a person uses and then using their language is a primary way of conveying respect and openness. And to be culturally competent, you need to find out what terms a person uses to refer to themselves and then reflect those terms back to them. The use of a person's terms tells them that you are listening closely and that you respect their right to self-determine and self-define. So when we talk about terms being meaningless, terms tell you almost nothing of what you need to know to provide appropriate allyship or respectful or meaningful interactions with trans people. There are two primary reasons why terms are meaningless. One, there has never been a consensus on any transgender related terms within our community. Two, what you really need to know about a trans person in order to like be an ally to them appropriately isn't going to come from an identity term, but from asking specific questions related to their needs and their concerns and their experiences. So regardless, if you know all the terms, you know, all the words, you know, all, all the things about trans people, if you are not applying them in a meaningful way, if you're not taking actions that actually address their needs and their concerns and their experiences, they're not really being culturally competent. <laughs> they're not really doing what you are supposed to do as an ally. Language is powerful and empowered language equals healthier relationships. When you're in relationship with trans people, it is essential to reflect their language mirror and echo their words and phrases. If you are in doubt about terms with a particular person, simply ask for clarification. The goal of communication is to enhance and build a rapport, right? So asking a question for clarification is never wrong. So taking a time to pause in a discussion so that you can be clear what you really do is you create a better understanding and a better interaction with the trans people that you are in relationship with. So that's the terms paradox. And this was Trans 101. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my 
finger on the post of the community. And I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here. So you're not only helping to sustain us, you're helping to sustain other people in a community. Because I put my money where my mouth is. You know, that's just the kind of bitch I am. Community is fuck. (laughs) So thank you. I really, really appreciate you. And if you have not become a patron, why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. So did y'all date in those rough patches of like college and high school? Did y'all, have y'all been in relationships previous before y'all? Because I know this is Mia's first relationship. This is about my fourth or fifth. <laughs> Shut up. Now you call me a slut. <laughs> Um, (laughs) so I actually never like officially dated beforehand. Like, I mean, I had like a few girls that would like say that they were interested in dating me before. And I was just like, uh, like, I didn't want to be. Yeah, I know. it's Because I've always been very feminine. (laughs) I've always been so feminine. So it was interesting that like a few girls were. uh, But I mean, I tried my hardest to like bitch up and like be as masculine as Mm. I could. But like it was still very. (laughs) Okay, hello. Let me talk. Um, But Alex. (laughs) um, But. I know that even like as much of an act as I tried to put up, like it was still very obvious that it just was not me. Um, but <laughs> you are so rude. That's how it was for me. He's it was rude. just like so girly. <laughs> 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 I tried to help her, or I needed help with my car a couple of weeks ago, and she's like, "Oh, I'll come out and help." And I'm like, "This is not gonna go well." <laughs> but I went out there and I still tried. Aww, I I still tried. I grabbed the. The wrench or whatever it was, <laughs> the little, the four bar thing. And I still tried and I was out there for support. And that's, that's what's to be appreciated. And you know what? I feel like I, yes, I was holding it down. And I think that I learned how to, um, take the tire off. I think I can change a tire now. Mm, okay. So yes. I learned something, but back to that. So like during those times, there were like two girls that like one of them was like, she got rejected a lot and I think she just wanted to have somebody that was there and I was like always very nice um so like but there was like we never like kissed or anything like that it was just like we like had like a thing that we were dating like told other people um but as far as like dating men and like who I really wanted to be with I did not feel comfortable necessarily dating and there was no like I never went out of my way like when there were men that I was attracted to, like I was not like, oh, let me go like after because I didn't feel comfortable with myself at that point. So I didn't feel comfortable to date until like literally like right after then the boys started lining up. And then I was like, <laughs> did I you was know like, about trans right. men at the time? I did not. I actually, it's very interesting. I never really thought much about trans men because I had always seen trans women in like my spaces and like it's mm-hmm. who I was and it's who I related to. So I never necessarily thought about that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't remember the first time that I was like introduced to trans men, but like I do know, like I started seeing like a few like 
celebrities, Laith Ashley and um, Buck Angel a little bit. There's a Benjamin Melzer, I think something. He's like a German model oh, or something I like that. Oh, I know him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I started seeing like a few trans men that mm. were like popping up and I was like, it gave me something to think more about. Mm -hmm. um, but at was that time I wasn't... No, it wasn't. I mean, I was like, I was like, they're attractive. They, you know, I was like, wow, they're attractive. I'll just but be extra. I, oh, okay. All right. Well, I was gonna, I was really gonna be real with y'all. Oh, go um, ahead. I was. No, but at that time, I really, I didn't feel open to dating trans men at that point. Like, I was very, like, not against it, but I was just like, I just didn't know, mm -hmm. and I had like, I would read, I always would read comments, and I would kind of talk about how like, um you know, people would be afraid within the community to date someone else because they would feel dysphoric and all of that kind of stuff. And so I kind of use that like, oh, maybe that's what that would be like. And I never, I never thought I was like, I, I don't know how that would feel. And I don't know what like sex would look like. And I, you know, there was like all of these things mm -hmm. that I was like, I don't know how that was. And like, you know, so yeah. What about you? I, I agree because, um, I had never, um, I had never, um, envisioned myself, um, intimately with somebody that was AFAB. Right. Um, and, um, when I decided to, um, when I, when I became in a relationship with Z, because I love him, that didn't matter. Um, it didn't matter um, what positions we played in our bedroom. Now, we we did have some moments, but that had to, I think it really had to do with um, affirming myself um, in my womanhood at, uh, completely. And I've learned how to do that in my relationship because there were times where I felt like because I'm a trans woman, there are certain um, boxes that I put myself in that I should fulfill because I'm a, I represent, I present myself in a certain type of way. Cause I am a high fam type of woman. So I felt like, oh, okay, well I can't really, I can't really be, a top I can't really um I can't really do certain positions because that will make me that would trigger my dysphoria but then when um but then when <laughs> I'm not gonna go into detail like I oh, usually yeah. do well this is Marsha's plate um, <laughs> this is Marsha's plate though well well <laughs> well well well, honestly, just to keep it a little PG, I <laughs> because I love Z. Diamond just told uh, me to pass the mic to Z for one. Why? Why don't I? <laughs> Let me say though. So. So. Uh, I remember the first time me and Tom. She was like, "Oh, <laughs> I see what niggas be talking about. <laughs> I see what niggas Why? be talking about now." That's all. Why, Z? Why? <laughs> That's not what I was going to say, guys. <laughs> Girl, <I'm shut> <laughs> um, no, but no, seriously, because I love Z and um, I just, I just, I just, I didn't care. 
I didn't care because I see him as the man that he is. And he sees me as the woman that I am. And that that doesn't um that doesn't make me uncomfortable when we're intimate. Yeah. I that makes me think back to like I think that period of life when I was in college, so it was like right after transitioning and I went away and I wasn't really talking about my story. Um, I feel like I was trying so hard to fit into like the the hetero cis normative culture, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that was kind of the time when I was introduced to like trans men and all of that stuff like during that time. And so I was just still very like in this like box that like, no, for me to like, live a better life or, you know, for things to be better, I have to live this way. I have to be in a certain space. Mm -hmm. And so I think I was doing that with like my, who I was attracted to, who I, how I was presenting myself, who I was, how I like maneuver through society. Mm -hmm. And so I think after like being a part of the community and really starting to get in, get to know people and learn more about like myself and just learn more generally, like in, in being in spaces like BTAC, Mm -hmm. then I was like, okay, but it like, it took some time for me to kind of unravel these, these things that were built up, I think because of like society. Um, Did family have any part to play in how you felt like you should present as a woman or like the people in your circle? And like, did that, did, did you have to change the people in your circle in order to liberate the woman that you are now? That's interesting. I mean, as far as friends go, there was someone that I was very close to at the time in high school whenever I transitioned and like we would spend a lot of time together and she stopped being my friend like afterwards. And so that really hurt. But as far as like, family and stuff. I mean, it took my dad cause my, I was my dad's only child at the time and he wanted to live his life through me, which I think that's what a lot of parents do. And so, especially when their child is within the LGBTQIA community and they're completely different and they have their own passions and all of that stuff, it's very hard. So I think my dad, even though he's like very, very accepting today, it took him some time to kind of like get out of that mindset of like, you know, you're not going to be a football star. You're not going to be like he, I played, I played all of these sports and like, it's funny. I broke, I don't need you to tell my life, Alex. He said, I broke my pinky. Yes. I broke my pinky playing. That's the only bone I broke. And it's, it's cute today, but, um, but like he kept trying to like so much of my life, he kept trying to put me in these like very hyper masculine you know what plays on the toxic masculinity especially in the black community he was trying to save me by having me trying to go in a world like that so I think when I finally felt comfortable talking to him and telling him it was like you cannot save me in that way anymore like that's not that's not who I am and it's not healthy and we need to figure out ways how you can support me and affirm me and you know, save me and in this, in this way. Right. And so it took him some time, but it wasn't like he, he necessarily, I never felt like after, you know, I finally started presenting and my truth, I never felt necessarily like restricted. Like sometimes he gets mad in my bikinis and you know, all of that stuff, but that's just like, that's just typical dad and daughter stuff, you know? Um, but I never felt necessarily like restricted and like presenting in any type of way. 
Um, but also I feel like I have a privilege of feeling binary. Like I do like, I do like to be feminine a lot of the time. I mean, I don't feel like I'm ever masculine, but like, I don't always wear makeup or I don't always like have my nails done and go like all the way over the top. Um, but I do feel comfortable in a binary for most of the time. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that's a privilege of mine where it's like, you know, I meet a lot of the expectations that society has for who a woman should be. Right. I really want to make the connection in regards to what you said earlier about how that stage in college where, because I really want to make the connection with cis people because every person goes through this. So we are raised by our parents who don't get an instruction manual when they come in, when we Mm -hmm. come into their lives. Mm -hmm. And so what they think they're supposed to do is to rear us in a way the society says you need to grow your child in a way to where they can be this productive society and if it's a male this is how they're supposed to go if it's a female this is how they're supposed to go blah 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 most people when they leave home out of the restrictions of what the rules are what they think the parents da 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 when they go to college um, I've heard a lot of cis women say I went to college and I met these black feminists and they just taught me so many things about patriarchy and misogyny that I didn't think about when I was in church with my mama because they said that a woman should submit and da, 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 all this kind of crazy stuff. So they go to college and go into the world as an adult and learn how to undo this unpack and undo the stuff that they were taught was the way to go. And so I think as trans folks, we just add the the gender kind of the gender kind of um, thing because because be, now that once we know hey I am a trans person and I'm and I'm transitioned to this gender now I'm going to try to do what my parents taught me to do that this gender does <laughs> and so okay if I'm transitioned to be a woman I'm trying to be this type of woman this type of way blah 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 even though I'm getting I'm, I'm I had the courage to get out of the boxes. I had the courage to get out of the box of this, whatever boxes my body said that I should be in and go into being this. So now I'm coming in. I still have these mentalities that my parent taught me about the rules of what womanhood is, the rules of what manhood is, blah, 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 blah. And then I think we what we do for each other as trans folks is when we meet other trans people and they have their they may be a little bit far out a little bit further out of that box a little bit more um enlightened i don't know what a better word would be is but they're a little bit more enlightened or we see somebody and it starts and it starts some of the things that we thought it starts to be ridiculous <laughs> it started to be like mm, this is not really comfortable for me um i remember my, me personally when I was going into my high film stage, I stopped all the stuff, some of the things that I associated with being a boy that I loved. Like I used to love playing video games, still do, but I stopped for like 10 years because I associated that with my young boyhood. And so I was like, no, 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 no. But then once I got older and I was like, it's ridiculous for me to think that. It's ridiculous for me to think that this small little thing is defining my womanhood when I'm not, and it's irrational because I know that 49, 48% of gamers are women. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So it makes it, I think us being in community with, with each other outside of our parents' home, going into adulthood, really teaches us how to look at those rules 
a, even more deeper to be able to break them down and undo them so where we can have and live a more fulfilling and whole life that is a mixture of masculinity and femininity in a way that allow us to be self-actualized differently. right so i wanted to kind of talk about that yeah and i i also like I mean, you know going off of that I, I think that it's very important to acknowledge which part of the community that we're going into because there are certain I feel like I've been um I don't I'm looking for the right term but it's like we're almost like it's almost praised to fit into those boxes that we're trying to get out of right so there are certain people in the community that are saying like I'm going to be this this is who I am regardless of how I'm presenting or regardless of that and I think that's a more healthy way that we should try to look at things. But there are certain times where I've been in spaces that are like, oh, you know, you need to do this, this and that. When I was like trying to find support and trying to like be affirmed, if I didn't have my hair done a certain way or have my makeup looking a certain way or dressing a certain way or yeah, if I, you know, you haven't done this, you haven't done that. And it's like, that's also very toxic to go into a space to be affirmed and be supported and like I'm fi I'm trying to find my or I'm finding my truth and I'm going here but then like when I'm around I'm still getting that right like on one end you know I'm not this enough but then whenever I'm like I'm just going to be myself this is not natural to me but this is more natural to me and then you go over there and you're like well you're not this enough you know like you have to do this this and that it's like these constant pressures of trying to put people in these boxes and I think a lot of people feel that like whether they're trans or not like I just agree. just in life yes. just all of the pressures that people try to put you in these different spaces so I feel like I try to be in spaces where I'm just affirmed for just like existing right. however I'm feeling right mm -hmm. and I think that's what's important I think um like you said that a lot of people in general have they go through um go through episodes where they're like, okay, what box do I fit in? And then when you realize that, hey, I don't have to fit in these boxes on either side of the fence, I can still be affirmed in who I am, no matter how I present, because it's up to me and how I feel and not mm -hmm. the not the rest of the world. So I, I completely agree with everybody. I wanted to go back to the dating thing real quick, but okay, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't get a I didn't get a chance to answer. <laughs> um, just feeling the pressure uh, from my mom, just to uh, my mom mostly, but uh, everyone in my family to just like uh, mm -hmm. date men because like you're the pretty one in the family, like. Um, yeah, I feel that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel that. You're the pretty one in the family. So um, I dated a couple of guys in high school, but it was literally like summer flings. Like maybe we made out, maybe, and but I, I wasn't that. really feeling but it. I didn't really even thing. make out. Yeah, yeah, why did we even yeah, make out? There was one guy <laughs> I just went even... over to his house just to play video games. Yeah, and... me and this one guy, <laughs> we sat there and just watched Precious and was yep. just chilling. And I was he like, well, this is band. so weird. But he we're worked cool. at Papa John's. Felt like homeboys. So yeah, I got. Stuff out of it, but yeah. I was not feeling him. <laughs> but then when I got to college and like I was seeing like out and proud lesbians, like I thought that was that was gonna be me because I'm like, you know what? Like I can't deny that I have not liked women my whole life because I have, but I've never been around people that have accepted that part of them mm -hmm. and are proud of that part of them and mm -hmm. are out here dating women. Right. So then uh, I started to go to the gay bar, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I 
ended up being a drag king for a bit. And so oh, okay. I was just like in those spaces. Uh, okay. So I had a couple of, um, all of my girlfriends have been cis women. I don't mean to say all, because that sounds like I've had a lot. But <laughs> <laughs> they've all. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica's so extra. She just as extra right. as me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I've only dated cis women, and Jessica has only dated cis men. So this is uh, both of our first times dating someone trans. Me too. And when we first started talking, I guess, it wasn't even like in our intention was not to date each other. We were, um, Mm -hmm. we mostly found like support in each other. Like we just realized that we had a whole lot in common. Um, and we just had like regular ass conversations (laughs) Mm -hmm. through, uh, social media. And then we ended up, um, exchanging numbers and then FaceTiming. It started to turning into uh, FaceTiming daily. Hmm. Um, and then when it came time for me to come to Texas for my top surgery, that was our first time meeting in person. So yeah, we have an interesting, uh, how we met story. And then, okay. yeah. <laughs> so for me, my experience was interesting. I accidentally, I always talk about how I stumbled on me by accident, but for me, for a lot of, um, <laughs> for a lot of cis, <laughs> for a lot of cis men, I hear like from trans women, a lot of cis men that quote unquote experiment with trans women, mm-hmm. they, a lot of them move on to start dating guys and stuff. And for me, like they'll like they'll be their gateway Ooh. to dealing with guys. Wait, are you saying like the majority? No, I'm just saying like the stories you and Diamond said, y'all have been like gateways. <laughs> I, I, you I have to know. First of all, <laughs> I have been saying, <laughs> I have nice. Okay, so okay, so. It's not that common, but I, I there have been guys that I have dealt with I have dealt with that have um decided that they wanted to be with men, but I didn't I didn't look at them any different. And I don't think that they like like just went completely gay. That this I think they were just open minded in general. But do I think that I've been a gateway to some people, some men in their um their sexuality as far as experimenting um yes but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure i didn't know it yeah well mm. what i say that to say for me i i have the luxury of being a young person in the day right. and age that we are so i was already listening to a lot of trans folk stories mm-hmm. so i was like open-minded about a lot of different things so like i already saw gay trans men i already saw um, bisexual okay. trans men and non-binary people so for me me being like I don't know me still trying to fit in those boxes there was a period where I was confused and I was like experimenting with dudes again okay. at first and then that actually opened my mind into branching out to trans women because mm-hmm. I still had a lot of transphobia so that made me be like oh nah I'm more into women period so that's just what it is so me knowing what I like, and I'm not with Mia for her genitalia. I always tell her all the time, like, right. if you had a pussy, I would still eat it. You know what I'm saying? If so, you had a pussy, <laughs> that's just me. I'm not into. I'm not with her for her genitalia, but that did make me open to it, and I had a lot of transphobia to undo. So I just thought that was interesting for me. But another thing I want to talk about was um, how important it was to see jessica's dad be supportive like openly supportive in them doing like a campaign what was it y'all were with 
absolute vodka right yeah just seeing that that's something you don't really see you always like like especially, especially in the black yeah community. with black people specifically right. like black trans folks you always think like like people always question hmm, what would your dad think about that and even my dad had something problematic he said one time he was like um having a trans son i'm cool with it but a trans daughter that would be way different for me like i don't know if i can handle that and I uh, like, you know uh, but you know what i kind of want to dive into that and i don't know if this is the time but i've we me and alex has have had conversations about the privilege that trans men have in society um yes. i think i think it's not i mean they're We've had like certain certain things that like pop up. For instance, um, the service selective services. Mm -hmm. So when I turned eighteen, I had transitioned, but my gender marker was not changed yet. I think my name was not changed yet. So they had sent it, and I like was forced to like join it. Whatever I had to send my information, do all of that stuff. Well, Alex recently, because he recently changed his gender marker, he got a letter from them stating that you have to, you know, join selective service. But in there, there was a clause that said, if you were assigned female at birth, then you can just send your original birth certificate and you can get out of it. Oh, and, gag. but it said, if you have changed your gender from male to female, you're still in it. And that is shade. I was no, like, I was mad at Alex, uh, like low key for sending it back, <laughs> for sending him, for sending that because I'm like, that's like playing into the privilege and all. Like, so I was like, I had to really sit with that mm -hmm. and be like, you know, like, it's just not fair. And then I was like thinking about like, you know, trans women and like, especially black trans women and getting murdered and all of the stuff. And I'm like, this world is literally like little ways, little things are like turned against us. Mm -hmm. And it was very difficult for me to yes yes come on in come on in come on in girl <laughs> let me say this one of the things that, that's super super interesting i didn't know that but that's yes. amazing boom blew my yes. mind yes i think yes. it's because it, that and yeah. the based on what your dad said i think that the audacity of a male child being, bo being born with the privilege of being a male child in this world, the audacity for you to give that up is shocking to people. The audacity for you to say, you know, this shit that y'all promised me as a male, I don't like this shit and I don't want it and blah, 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 blah. I'm going to let that go. I think that's hard to swallow. And I think it's more acceptable in people's mind, even if it's uh, subconsciously, mm -hmm. for a girl child to mm -hmm. say, you know what, I'm going to step up out of this little stupid box y'all got me right. in where I got to sit and close my legs and wear these stupid dresses and wear these patent leather Easter shoes and blah, 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 <laughs> all this so stupid bad, ass bro. shit and come into a more powerful position as a man. Right. That is a logical, understandable, mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm coming into this privilege. Great. And I think and and I think that that is something that people don't talk about enough mm -hmm. because people can see the logic in that. They try to pretend that patriarchy doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. They try to pretend that there's no oppression, da 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 da. But they know, I think, in their mind, in the back of their mind that it, it it comes with different privileges. Not saying that trans men don't have um, 
don't have obstacles that they have to you know deal with but they are moving up in the totem pole of society Mm -hmm. and so your dad saying i don't think i can do that with my with my son going to be a girl because he's stepping down (laughs) Mm -hmm. he's stepping down into a position that i don't i'm like no i can't accept that i can i can totally see why he would believe that Mm -hmm. you know so that's what i want to say and i agree but what was interesting for me um because my my father called. I remember when I was younger, my father calling me a faggot. So I always had this. Um, I always had this fear of like being true to uh, who I am and presenting presenting uh, presenting that to him. And and like I remember when I was younger, like in middle school, um, when he would come around, and which would be very rare. Um, I would like kind of tried to like make myself more mask and like because I wore like I tried to like um be non-binary I just didn't have the the language for it so I would I would wear like a lot of jewelry and my my clothes would be tight and I would um present myself in a more masculine way when I was with him but as as I decided to be my true self and um present as trans and as who I am and how I feel he was actually more accepting than my mom which was interesting because mm-hmm. I did not accept I didn't expect that but um I thought at first I thought it was more because he ha- he wasn't in my life mm-hmm. so like how could you not accept who I am because you first of all you don't know who I am so but then I thought about it deeper no that I felt like it was a more of a more uh, level of understanding and acceptance because he could still say, Oh no, I don't, I don't accept you for who you are. And you're still a quote unquote F bomb. And, um, that was, that was very interesting to me because my mom, um, it took her a couple of years to accept it first to my father, which is something that you usually don't see. Mm. The only supportive like uh, male role model I have in my life is my older brother. Uh, and he's actually my half brother. Uh, so we don't even have the same dad, but um, my parents divorced when I was five, and I have not seen my dad since I was eight. Um, he ended up having a massive stroke and um, lost the majority of his memory. Um, so he had to like relearn English and move back in with what? his mom and like basic motor skill motor skills. And so that was like really hard on me as a kid because I'm like we don't we didn't have that many memories to begin mm. with, and so like now you're literally having to start over. Um, so like not having that relationship and like, um, that's part of why we moved from, um, originally from Chattanooga, Tennessee. And so Mm. that is why we moved to Kentucky was to get away from him. Um, cause he was Mm. just being very abusive to my father, uh, to my mom. Um, and so, um, my brother is the only member of my family that is supportive Mm. him and his wife and they have four kids. And because of me, they've like openly talked about me and my transition with their kids. One of their kids has come out as gay and he's in middle school. Um, so they're like, you have like created like this pathway and this open conversation within uh, within my family. That's how I feel. Uh, yeah. And I'm that's like, crazy. oh that's God, how. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important because I think a lot of times one of the things that we all can relate in, like within the community is that feeling of loneliness, right? Mm-hmm. Like that there's nobody else that's like us. Like we're alone in this feeling and like nobody's going to understand. So to be able to provide that is like so important for me. Like 
I've always said, even Mm -hmm. if I can just help one person by being visible with my story, like finding their truth, finding their happiness, like that means so much to me because I know like the difficulties and the danger even of feeling alone and how that can like mess with people's mind if they're even deserving of living and you know, all of that kind of stuff. So and um, I, I completely agree. Um, I just wanted to say this before I pass it to Z that um, like you never know who's watching you. Like um, I'm pretty sure we've all been there where um, people have reached out to you because you were visible or maybe because they seen the strength in who you were um, as far as accepting who you are and going against the grain of what society says you are supposed to be and really not giving a fuck. And, mm-hmm. and you have helped them in some way affirm who they are and walk in their right. steps. So you like I, I just wanted to say you never know who's watching you. So always mm-hmm. continue to shine your light. Right. Yes. Or right. Trans. Yes. Or trans. Mm-hmm. Young or old, it doesn't matter. I've yeah. had people from all different all different ages, all different ethnicities, like mm-hmm. comment and message me. Oh, am I moving it too much? Oh no. Uh, I just wanted to say real quick. Um I actually Rude. A, <laughs> uh, a cis teacher reach out together, to me. Alex, you better be careful. They're gonna be like Alex. Male privilege. No, I'm just like, like let's talk about Trans male privilege. No, I'm just like <laughs> we can, uh, but <laughs> I just want to say real quick. Um, uh, a cis white teacher just reached out to me uh, just yesterday from Kentucky. Um, I think I've had one conversation with her within like the past four or five years, and uh, but she has been watching me this whole time. And um, she sent me a message yesterday, um, mm. just out of the blue, like, hey, can I ask you like a personal question? And you know, as trans people, we're like, I already know what this is going to be about. This is going to go straight <laughs> to genitals. Like, gonna, right. <laughs> and so I'm like, I don't know this lady. I know of this lady. So where's this going to go? And um, she ended up following up and saying, um, I have a student in my class and uh, I'm not sure if they're pronouns and I'm not sure how to mm. go about asking that without putting them on the spot and making them uncomfortable. Mm. And so um, even though I'm not non-binary, she knew that like she could ask me something like that because like I'm closer to that side. Mm. Um, so I actually shared something the other day. It was like a simple form that teachers can print out for their class mm. uh, on the first day of school where That's they smart. put their name and then they put That's what smart. name um, they'd like to be called in class and then uh, what smart. pronouns they'd like mm. to be called in class and then it goes further and it asks um, if they can use their those their preferred pronouns um, when talking to other teachers, uh, when they are talking to their parents, if they have to call home, and uh, whether they can use those pronouns in class. And That's then if excellent. they'd like to elaborate, they can flip it over and go into detail. They can have a discussion with the, uh, the teacher after class. So wow. that like takes the pressure off the student having to go to the teacher first, uh, especially like me at that age, I was not one to be talking to the teachers first, especially yeah. about something like names and pronouns. So uh, for teachers to be able to take that step first, like, mm. you know, you're going to have kids in the class that don't take it seriously. But for those one or two kids that are really struggling or like um, that everybody has an Instagram now, like kids have Instagrams at like 10 now. Mm-hmm. So they're able to see like people living in their truth. And um, yeah, just like, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. form is just <laughs> super helpful. Even if... Sometimes even if they coming from a good place, being asked that, it does feel like you're being singled out. Right. So doing the papers is actually yeah, really the smart. Mm-hmm. So yeah. another thing I wanted to ask was, um, 
I know something in our relationship where we kind of struggle with is Mia being conditioned to be a map and she tells me that she had to hold in her feelings a lot and taught to hold in a lot of her feelings and not be as expressive. Do you feel like, Jessica, do you feel like you're that way? Like, do you feel like you uh, struggle with expressing feelings and emotions in a relationship? And Alex, do you feel like you're more open? Um, I will start by answering that question by saying that Alex is the most expressive man <laughs> that I have been with. I will say that. Say the same here because um, I am very there. But <laughs> I. <laughs> I mean. Right. Yes. Full detail. All of it. So I'll explain in more detail. Right. Right. <laughs> very, very expressive. So that's been something that I've had to definitely adjust to. But I think. We did struggle a little bit in the beginning with me opening up about my feelings um, because I think this is something that like I just kind of grew up witnessing, which is not healthy. Mm -hmm. So it's something that I've had to work on, but like kind of like having little things that like bother me and bother me and bother me and not really saying anything about it until it gets to a point where I cannot hold it in anymore. And then it's just like an, ex it's like a whole mm. thing. And I'm like, and then last month you said this at three forty five, and then this, you know, like it's like, <laughs> it's like, and then it's like all, it's like all of these things at once. So Alex told me like, can you please like, whenever there's something that bothers you, like open up, like, so we can like address it one thing at a time. And I was like, Oh wow. Okay. You know, so was, I was like, I never, I was like, Oh my God, I never thought about that. Oh my but, God. <laughs> this is, this is healthy. What do you oh mean? I'm like, who does that? No, but so since then we've been able to like, definitely like, you know, talk and I've been able to express myself more and open up. So I think we've worked on that. What do you think, Alex? Uh, I think I was kind of raised the opposite of what, um, I guess, gender norms, um, where I was told to just kind of like hold everything in mm. because like you need okay. to be like the perfect woman for whatever man you come across. So you don't need to like show any type wow. of, um, I don't want to say weakness, but like any type of vulnerability. Yeah, thank you. Vulner yeah. Vulnerability. Um, so that kind of carried on into adulthood because now I have like a whole lot of anxiety um, just about like every little thing. Um, mm. So it's like, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's hard to have difficult <laughs> conversations, but like Jessica's really had to like pull me out of my comfort zone and be like, okay, mm. we have to talk about this. Like you can't just hold it in because that's like detrimental to your mental health. That de That's detrimental to us. Um, so just like having that open conversation all the time, no matter if it's like something small, like, uh, the other day, she was like, hey, can you put the stop down when you get out of the shower? Because when I turn on the shower, the water comes out straight, you know, um, <laughs> instead of coming out of the tub because, like, it gets her hair wet. So, like, <laughs> if she would have let that build up. Like, let the toilet seat down. Like, what well, cis people be dealing with? About that. <laughs> Being trans, we don't have to worry about the toilet seat part. But it's just, like, something so small. That could have turned into mm -hmm. a big argument one day if she mm -hmm. would have kept that in. Like, you never put the stop down when you're done taking a shower. And then my hair gets wet every single day. Yeah, exactly. So because Ooh, she told she's me a diva, that So time, I know she let you have it. <laughs> she's a diva. It, it would have been bad if she let that build up. So, like, we just try to address you know that. Speaking of that... I almost, look, I just got a silk press, like, just a couple days ago, and it was up again. 
Um, <laughs> so it almost destroyed my hair after I sat in the salon for like five hours. Uh-huh. But I was like, I'm going to just... I didn't address it until now, but um, I try to like keep things in, you know, well, I mean, not in like a negative way. I also, what I've also tried to do is like, if I feel very upset about something, I try to like take some time before talking about it. Like not too long where I hold it in because like sometimes, like if I'm very upset about something, my tone, he feels, he feels like my my tone is, you know, off and like over the top. So I've tried to like settle down so I could be like, all right, we're in a good mood. Like we just ate, <laughs> things are going yes. well. No, but yeah, nobody's hungry because if I haven't eaten, oh gosh, I know. Like the way she comes off is just like really, really direct, and like because I'm not used to people, I guess, talking to me like that, and like mm-hmm. having to hold myself accountable now um, in relationships, like. There's a whole lot of like, even though I've been like in the dating realm for a while, this, there's a whole lot of new things in, in our relationship that I've never had to deal with before. Oh, like what? <laughs> no, like, I think this is important. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, look, I think this is important. Like all, in all seriousness, Z, I know you said that you've dated a little bit before. I know, Mia, this is your first relationship. But like what, I guess, like what can y'all say? And then we can talk about like what has been different from being in a relationship or dating someone that's cis as opposed to being in a relationship with someone who's trans. I want to give a I want to give a little bit of clarity. Mia, this is Mia's first mutual relationship love. She has been in relationships. They just have been unhealthy. <laughs> they have been unhealthy and not um committed and because she's been in love with people she done been infatuated with people who she's dated and messed around with meeting their parents but not because it was a cis guy on the down low blah 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 blah. so she's been in situations it's just never have been in a a committed situation like her and z so i want to make that clear thank you so much diamond because i was gonna say that but i i I really don't, I don't consider them, like, when I think about it, I don't consider them relationships, but they are diamond, like you said, because I invested my time, my time, oh, and my emotions, but you can never get your time back, that's that's why I'm stressing that, Lord, but, um, I'm glad that I went through that because it built character and it showed me what I did not want to accept and what I should not accept. I really spent a whole lot of time having to explain my existence. Um, mm-hmm. Before, yes, before um, when I was dating uh, trans or uh, cis women, mm-hmm. um, just like having to like explain my emotions and explain the effects of testosterone and like what happens when I'm even just a little bit late on my shot. What can happen to my mood and like my irritability and just like having to over explain terms, over explain like. Um, the epidemic in our community with black trans women being murdered, like having to explain why that's important. And so like, Mm. I couldn't even like get to the nitty gritty of the relationship because I'm Mm. having to explain everything about me. And Mm. um, even though we're all in the same community, like because I mostly dated 
women who identified as lesbians, that's like all mm-hmm. they know is like the lesbian side of the LGBT community mm-hmm. and don't know anything about the trans side. And so like having to over explain, it's like I spent so much time doing that and it just, it was very exhausting. It was like mentally exhausting, physically exhausting, uh, having to just like explain, explain, explain. But the difference like with Jessica is that we're both, we're both black mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're both trans. <laughs> and I'm so- also his first black girlfriend oh, y'all. wow yes in kentucky <laughs> it's not in a kentucky. lot of black people yes yes i just wanted to let y'all know how was that yeah so that is i'm done even that has like open yeah this relationship is completely different for me I'm but like sure. in a good way <laughs> in I'm a good sure. way i can't date white women Ooh. i can't yeah like now that i'm with jessica yeah. i'm like there's no way like if god forbid something were to happen between us there is no way i could date somebody white again because <laughs> like they just do not understand what it means to be black in america um and like they could be <laughs> allies but still something falls short yep but I'm like, still, are you going to check Becky in the line when she says something about DeAndre, <laughs> who's just minding his own business and pumping his gas? And she's like, ooh, I don't know. You better watch him. Are you going to check Becky? Like, yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, if yeah. I'm not there, are you going to stand up for my community? Like, yeah, X out the trans part. Are you going to stand up for black people yeah. because you're dating someone who's black? Right. Um, so it's just like so many things align with us because we're both black and we're both trans mm-hmm. um, that we don't have to, like, spend so much time explaining. I can just be like, Jessica, another black trans woman got murdered this morning. And like she knows the impact of that. Mm-hmm. So the difference for me to answer Jessica's question for me, something that we both had to like consciously be like, we need to get out of this is when we both experience dysphoria at the same time, we get in this funk, we both just stand in the mirror and be like, oh, I don't like this. I don't like this. You know, cis women do this and cis women have this and, you know, cis men have this and blah, blah, blah. That's something that could be like annoying sometimes, but then we'll be like, well, you beautiful to me, baby. Will you be like, we understand each other dysphoria. So that's a big difference in, um cis relationships because they're they're grounded in their gender like they're grounded it's it's different like i i remember like not even knowing when i was trans and like operating as a like a like a woman like just the the conversation is just different when you seen as a woman like the conversation is just everybody's assumed to be grounded in their in their gender so it's just like it's just like and then like on the inside you dealing with a lot of dysphoria and you don't know how to express it yet and like i know i dealt with like eating disorders and i know a lot of cis women i've dated cis women that dealt with eating disorders and we dated each other and that's something we could relate on however it's different when you do the you put the gender on top of it there's some they just don't get like they might think it's cute and it's interesting but then like i've dealt with a cis woman who she missed me as a woman like and like Same. the little microaggressions was just that's what it was just apart, weird honestly. it was just really weird and like they like you could tell they love you but then it's just something that's like distasteful about it like it's yeah. something that's like i miss identifying as a lesbian yeah and now i can't say it because you feel some type of way because you trans oh i still identify and as a lesbian still, how do you yeah. they don't even ask how you feel about that yeah, they just exactly. they just be like well i'm a lesbian I like women, so... Mm-hmm. And then, like, being outed at um, my ex-girlfriend's job, like, all the time, like, she was job hopping 
both of us mm-hmm. were really. Um, but it's like every time she got in a job and she she would just be like, oh yeah, I'm a lesbian by the way. And then like she would talk about, oh, but my boyfriend. And then it, people were like, wait, I thought you said you was a lesbian. <laughs> and then uh, then she's outing me to people I don't know. And she's like, oh yeah, my, my boyfriend's trans, blah, blah, blah. He's got this part, this part. And I'm like, <laughs> why are you talking to people about like, my yeah, my genitals, and like she just didn't see the problem in that because like she's uh, out and proud lesbian, and she always has been. So like even though I was like the exception for her, in quotes, mm-hmm. um, it's still like she never could understand that, and that's what ended up tearing us apart. I completely agree. I've had um, I've had experience um, with men where I felt like. I I had to fit like certain boxes in order to be accepted. So I was always constantly, I always constantly felt insecure. Like, especially when we were, especially when we were in public or we were, we were Mm. in a, where he was introducing me to people where he, we would have, okay. So the conversation would be before we met new people. Okay. I would ask them. So are you okay with them knowing that I'm trans or are, are we just going to keep it quiet and, you know, mm-hmm. just be normal or quote unquote. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, that would be an issue that I always had to face. Cause I'm like, dang, like it would be nice to just fit in this space with people knowing that I'm trans. I, I shouldn't have to announce it, but if they do know I should just be accepted and nobody cares. But I knew that um, in certain situations and certain people that we met, that that wouldn't be acceptable to them. And that right. was something that I had I had to really um, understand that didn't have anything to deal with me. And I had a lot of soul searching to do because I, I had to remember that. Um, that I'm still affirmed in who I am and that that shouldn't define who how I navigate the world because right. I would find myself always like um psychologically checking myself like oh my god am I walking this certain type of way cuz I would have um hear comments like oh my god you uh trans women walk walk this certain type of way or are they they have like these certain things that um clock their T I should mm. say and so I would always be insecure with that dating tra- um cis men Right. Yeah. I completely, I completely relate to that. I think there was also like a pressure of being a woman in the South and like this, like, you know, like needing to find someone and be with someone to be affirmed and all of this stuff. So I, I remember like feeling like, oh my gosh, I need to hurry up and be in a relationship. I need to hurry up and find someone. And then when I would try to be with men, cis men, um, I felt a lot of those pressures like, oh, well, you know, like, like they wanted to keep you hidden. And the, the really sad thing is that like, I believe that that's what I deserved for some time, you know? And I feel like that might be a stage that a lot of us, I can't speak for everyone, but that a lot of us go through is like, maybe this is what I deserve. Maybe I don't deserve to be loved like openly and visibly and like loud. And there were space, like, especially within that time where I didn't even feel comfortable sharing my story. Like I was like, that's, that was the expectation. Like I was like, I'm not telling anybody besides someone that I'm going to sleep with because it's nobody's business. That, that was my mind. And I still kind of feel that way. Um, I mean, but I'm visible to help other people become visible, but like I support people like you need to live in your truth and it doesn't matter what you do sexually or what you, what your genitals look like or anything like that. Like as long as you're happy and you're not 
doing something illegal, you know, and all of that stuff. Cause people try to compare pedophilia to anything in the community and all that stuff. But, um, whole other topic. Um, I definitely relate to that. And like, it took me a really long time to like, be like, why am I putting myself in these situations? Like, I know that I deserve more than this. Like, you know, I work very hard to be who I am and like to just live and to just exist. So why am I settling for people that, you know, don't affirm me and that don't, don't want me to be with me in public or, you know, all of these kind of things. And I had to like continue to play that and for me to like, for it to finally click you know, so I just think it's sad because I feel like there are still a lot of trans women that that settle I, in that way. I totally agree with that. I think that um, and I wanted to ask y'all, do y'all ever feel um, when you were dating cis people, which I would feel like a trans relationship would kind of eliminate this. Do you ever feel like um, I know I did feel coming into the relationship as a trans person that I am already deficient. I'm already um, bereft. I'm already at a point where I'm the person in, I'm not on an equal playing field with you. You have to care for me in a certain way. You have to, I'm bringing a big bag of societal problems into the relationship that you are going to have to navigate. So I have to be sensitive to you. I have to be sensitive to um, what you're going to have to deal with by being with me. So I try to, I try to be as perfect as I'm, I possibly can with you in how we love, how we have sex, how we navigate the world, because I know you're going to have to deal with all of these things just by being me being a trans person in the situation. And I'm coming in as not your equal <laughs> so that puts me at a disadvantage anyway so that puts me in a position where people can manipulate me and manipulate um my love for them manipulate would you see what i have to go through you see what i gotta deal with by being with you um um do you know what i have to sacrifice do you oh my god i told my parents about you so so now when i'm trying to hold you accountable for the bullshit that you're doing with me now you're throwing that you told your parents and outed yourself to me <laughs> because be it, 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 as a way to circumvent me holding you accountable have y'all did y'all experience that kind of deficiency or not that it is a reality but the feeling of deficiency in a relationship have y'all felt that oh i know that i definitely have i know just about every yeah not just have you felt it but how has this coupling relieved it okay um yeah, I know that I've definitely experienced that. Like every time that I was going into a relationship, I had to think about like, how am I going to affect his life? How am what, you know, I had to think about being around his friends or him telling his family and all of that. Like I would think long term and, you know, all of that stuff. And I was like, all of these issues and stuff that I deal with, like, I'm going to be, you know, putting that on to you. So it's like, you know, I like the way you, you stated us not being on like an equal playing field, right? Mm -hmm. Like I never felt that way. And it's interesting to like put terminology to it in that way. But it's like, I literally always felt like I was less than and like, I just was not deserving. So I would put up with so much stuff just because I was like, you know what, 
we're not on the same, you know, like I'm lucky in quotation marks for you to be with me. I'm lucky for you to even, yeah, for you to even accept it because so many people don't. And so, so I have to put up with mm-hmm. every every negative thing that comes with you because I have right. I'm not equal to you. Right. I I definitely agree. I had, uh, and you know what's interesting, the like um the, the guys that the cis guys that I dated, um I felt like because they seen that because the my initiate uh. The way that I would start my conversation with them when we first meet was like, hey, I'm trans. And not, hey, I'm trans. Like, hey, I'm trans. But, hey, you know, I'm trans. Like, this could be something that it that that is important and that may affect our relationship if that's something that you want to, to delve into. Um, and I feel like a lot of the guys played um they played on that because they were like oh okay so now I can I can say fill your face and see if there's any any facial hair or I or your or or see if your body is shaped the way another uh, cis woman is and like pick you apart apart, Mm -hmm. uh so to speak and because they see that you feel validated in that and um yeah that that was something evil that I experienced I did you I, I wanted the reason why I asked that I'm sorry no but wait just a second the reason why I asked that uh the reason why I said that because I wanted to know if you guys um if you guys experienced that as far as um you know the trans guys here have you guys experienced that from cis women yes I was gonna get into that um I felt 100% less than um just yeah this is the first relationship where I have not felt less than and it is like so freeing it's like I don't have the societal pressures anymore or the pressures from the cis women saying oh I've only dated cis men and this is how every cis man that I've been with does things and I want you to do it like this because then that makes you a cis man and this is what I like and this is what I usually like from cis men and it's like that pressure uh it's it's so hard to yeah to meet those standards and it's like I'm already having dealing I'm already having to deal with this from the world, but like now I'm having to deal with it in our relationship, which is supposed to be our safe space where I'm supposed to be 100% comfortable. And now I'm like 50% comfortable because I'm not trying to step on any eggshells and make you feel some type of way or make you feel like you're dating a woman in quotes. Yeah, overperform masculinity. And with Jessica, I don't have to do that. Um, mm-hmm. I can, We can both <laughs> put on some music and belt out to Rihanna and not feel some type of way about each other. Or uh, Jessica's a really good rapper, if you didn't know. Hey, <laughs> come on. <laughs> yes. Sometimes I write slow, sometimes I write, all right, whatever it is. <laughs> you yeah. and Dominique the collab. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> I don't like make up my own verses. Like I'm good at like listening to music and like remembering stuff. I have like my songs that I listen to, so I do like to rap with that. You know, she does what she can. But anyways, you don't feel some type of way about what each like about each other's interests. Mm, okay. So so for me to answer your question, Mia, um, for me, I operated like a like. How a lot of studs do, like a lot of lesbians in general, what they'll do is they will try to befriend a girl first mm-hmm. to make them comfortable and make them like you for who you are. Mm-hmm. Like you, like, yeah, we just chilling. I'm cracking you up. Boom, boom. That was always my avenues to make women laugh. Mm-hmm. And 
Um, I mostly just fell for bisexual women, whether they were honest about that or not. I've dated a girl that identifies as a lesbian, but will fuck around with dudes. But I relate to a lot of trans women when they feel like they're leaving the situation, like when it comes to like sex fences, they're leaving the situation like, um, well, this is what Mia has told me. She left a lot of sexual experiences with cis men like unsatisfied like mm-hmm. feeling like i was just using that moment and for me me not having a penis and people assuming that i was a touch me not mm-hmm. you know people that don't want to um have any contact um people that experience dysphoria don't want any contact with their even with studs like they experience moments they don't want like any contact with their genitalia right so um People assumed I was like that, and then me being dominant and like doing what I was doing, good at what I was doing, I didn't mind it. So I left a lot of situations feeling, <laughs> feeling like, <laughs> feeling like, huh? I didn't really get no pleasure out of this situation. That's kind of whack. And then me mostly dealing with cis women that were mostly into men. It was kind of experimentation. Like, I felt like a trophy. Like, I felt like mm-hmm. this is like something new for me. I'm trying. I'm being like. Um, rebellious towards men. I'm tired of men right now, so I'm gonna just mess with this cute ass dyke right now. Mm-hmm. And she cute. She know how to pleasure me. Blah blah blah. So I felt like that a lot of times, relationship wise. Um, they they felt like I could understand them a lot. Um, they felt like I understood what it was like to be a woman, and I I know I have a friend that um she's a fat black woman and she kind of feels um the same when it comes like as she feels the same to trans women when it comes to like being marginalized and feeling like um i have to just take it like i have to just um get what i can get and just deal with it and um she's somebody who she took pride in being a lesbian and she was like how do i identify now and um, I feel proud being a lesbian and I, I miss having a woman. Like I miss, um, having that connection now. Like the hormones are different and blah, 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 blah. Her, her yeah. Her partner was a trans person. So, and when then they, they yeah, at first they were like in a lesbian relationship mm-hmm. for like a long time, like right. seven years. Like, so it was something new for her. And that's something I got with one of my exes who I dealt with post transition, mm-hmm. Um, she used to just remind me of that all the time and how she, how she missed how pretty I was and miss being with a woman. And then I dealt with a cis woman that was cool with it. Like she already had a trans friend and, um, she already had knowledge on it. It wasn't nothing for her to switch to he, he pronouns, he, him pronouns. Um, she already knew a lot of the language. She's from Canada, so you know how they are up yeah, there. Right. <laughs> aggressive. So, <laughs> that is so, so um, she just after that she started um being more open about her attraction to men. Like she started to talk about how fine Obama was. It was so fucking annoying. <laughs> like <laughs> she's talking about how fine Obama was and just um just making me feel affirmed. I have I have one experience like that with a cis woman and um th- it's still a difference like dating a trans woman it's still a difference um What's the, difference? <laughs> the difference is um when it comes to intimacy it's not like 
it's not like a, a mental block that's there. Like we, me and her, we was together for like five years and we never had sex before because I was just so, <laughs> like I was just so afraid of how that wanted to go. And there was a way I wanted that to go because I was still fitting in those norms. Mm-hmm. How we're in a long distance yeah, we were in a long distance okay. relationship too. Okay. Yeah, on top of that. But there was moments where I would visit her um, like once a year or so. And I still had like a mental block where I didn't want to have sex. And like if we was going to have sex and she was a virgin, if we was going to have sex, I wanted to be a real penis. So I feel like I ran away from that situation more than anything. And she was all up for it. She was educated. She was cool with it. Um and that was the most that was the only positive experience I've had with a cis woman and coming into the dating pool mm-hmm. I'm sorry I'm being long with it, but coming into the <laughs> dating pool like trying to pursue like straight women as a guy and them not knowing that you trans mm-hmm. it's a whole different thing like they're used to a certain type of aggression they right. and I'm not very aggressive like that exactly so. <laughs> I'm relating 100%. Yeah, I'm not aggressive like that. I don't want women to think that I'm trash, that I'm right. just being not super forward, but a lot of women like that. Yeah, right. I don't want to like I don't want to be presenting like I'm like this toxic ass dude. Right. Excuse me. This toxic dude. A lot of women like what? A lot a lot of women like that aggression. Like like for you to be aggressive when pursuing them. They want to know that you are interested and they're not going to pursue you even if they find you attractive. They're not going to pursue you first. So, and then, like, even some of them, they would be interested, but they'll just, they'll just leave you alone. Like, but, like, if I had, like, I was, like, in a dating pool, I would just have that I was trans and just be straightforward with it. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them would be, like, question about it. Some of them would be, like, you cute. And they'll be more open to being forward with me, which I thought was weird. Mm. <laughs> but that's, that's really the biggest things that's like that's different i think uh the biggest um difference between like past relationships and this one is um how in touch i am with my emotions it seemed like i had to really really hold back previously um in previous emotion uh previous relationships because um just like how the world views men um it's like you have to be the strong you have to be like the rock in this relationship. Like you have to take all of my emotions. You have to like be the breadwinner. You've got to do this, this and this to be the man. Boxes. Yeah. To be the man in quotes and the relationship. So you can't be as but emotive. I'm not taking out the trash. Right. <laughs> you can't be as emotive because that's what girls do. And so uh, in quotes. And so like in this relationship, it's different because like we can both be as emotive as we are very emotive, <laughs> but we don't have to feel like we have to hold back because of uh, those pressures of like, oh, this is what a man is supposed to do. He's supposed to hold in his emotions because that is just toxic altogether. It is. Yeah, especially in the black community, just like mental health among men. Like it just needs to be like it needs to be more of an open conversation. I agree. I think a, a lot of men are starting to talk about it a lot now. Right. I've seen a lot of there's like um, apps people now. talk about it. Um, as far as like on Instagram mm-hmm. and people having like shows, it's like they had like the barbershop talk with mm. um. Oh God, my barbershop. What's her name? 
<laughs> I forgot. I forgot. It's but they so had like bad. a barbershop talk with like a lot of celebrities, and I thought mm-hmm. it was very interesting. So I do have come on flashcards. Some questions <laughs> saved come up. Um, um, the first question, um, and everybody can um answer. Um, how do you guys respond to people who? Find out that you both are in a relationship and you both are trans. And they say, um, why would you be in a relationship with someone what that was the is? Point? Yeah, what's Why'd the point? Y'all what, what's the y'all point? Just of, gonna be a man and a woman again. You should have just stayed the same. <laughs> what are some of the responses that you you say to them? <laughs> yeah, she's a lot more God, cordial. That than like I that. <laughs> people think like that so much, and I swear that question comes up all the time. I think a lot of times people that think that way, like they don't even like respect your identity. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how I like talk about it. Like I always answer this, me transitioning was not to find a partner. It was Mm -hmm. for myself. And until you understand that, you're not going to understand who I'm attracted to or who I'm going to be in a relationship with and all of that, because that has to be the first, that has to be the first step. Like I did this for myself. There's trans women that identify as lesbian or just interested in women. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, people can say the same thing to them. Like, why would you transition to be a woman if you were a man and you could have just been in a straight relationship and been more accepting or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. So you all go to heaven. Right. So it's, yeah, I mean, that's that's typically my response is like I transition for myself and then I'm in a relationship with somebody that makes me happy who is also transitioned to find himself and like that's it like and and that's all it should be right. I, I um when I think about the question when people um ask me I think about like how a lot of people don't know the difference between sexuality and gender mm-hmm. and they associate their gender with the relationships that they put themselves in. And that's mainly binary people that, mm-hmm. that have those questions and really cis people. And, but I have actually heard that from, um, within the community mm-hmm. as well. Very few, but I have heard that come <laughs> up as well. I didn't even know there mm-hmm. were gay trans men until like just recently, like seeing what? Davion and Ty. Yeah. Just, I didn't even know that was a thing. I just no. thought, like, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, I've, <laughs> I, had, <laughs> I had no idea. For me, I actually talked to a trans guy before I met Mia, mm-hmm. so I that was interesting. That was very, but I was just seeing where it was going. Like I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, this is interesting. I mean, I'm not afraid of guys. I'm not afraid to, um, like I haven't been afraid to date guys before. Like there's a certain comfortability. I would say. I would say, yeah, I would say bisexual, but I would just say a queer man because I date all types of people. Like, So I have a question for you. Would you would you take offense to someone in the trans community not feeling comfortable dating you because you're bisexual and they feel like they wouldn't be affirmed? 
No, because not everybody is for me. Mia is for me, so <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm, I just wouldn't date you if you're not cool with it. If you want to be biphobic and homophobic and just weird, then boom. But I, not only did I think the things that to answer me a question, not only did I think the things that y'all two thought, I really sat there and dissected how people view trans relationships anyway. Like when a trans person dates anybody, because like there's trans women that. That date gay men people have shit to say about that there's well men that identified as gay i don't know if they do now but men that identified as gay or um like diamond said we were propping up malik yoba when um mm-hmm. let me read it word for word because i was like hold up make it plain for him diamond but she said we propping malik yoba up as his champion because he performs masculinity a certain way there are men gay trans femme cis openly loving trans women they have been for years but we don't value their voices because they don't perform cishet masculinity in a validating way and i was like yes right on the nail because people always gonna say anything whoever we dating like it don't matter who we are dating it's like why you want to deal with that don't you want a real dick don't you want a real pussy don't you want this don't you want that um why you not dating a straight man oh you want to date trans women you're a trans woman that don't make no sense it's weird you want to date a trans man you're a trans man that's weird you want to date a gay man that's weird or, or a femme man that's weird like any anybody we date like quite frankly they don't want us to date anybody they feel like and like even when it comes to children they don't we're not in that conversation when it comes to having children like we're just excluded out of everything and even in our own community I've even heard like when when people are rude and nasty, I've heard people like say, oh, but that's why you can't even have children. And I think to myself, bitch, are you serious? Like, do you really think that I'm that I was? Well, no, there are people who are born sterile. But do you really think that it's impossible if I decided? Yeah. like ah! <laughs> Y'all didn't. <laughs> I'm sure they didn't hear Y'all didn't hear Z, but Z was like, y'all don't know my sperm count. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you a doctor? Like, right. <laughs> Am I ovulating? You know. You don't know. Those eggs still dropping. That type of tea. Right. But, um, you know, and I, I agree with that. Like, as far as what you were saying, like, people are always going to feel like we're we're not supposed to fit in this this uh, dating lifestyle or even being in a relationship. We're, we're better off being hidden and being freaks in our own little lane where society can't see us, where we're not in the forefront. But thank God for people like everyone in this room who affirms who they are and like all the trans people that we know on TV, which is a very big platform affirming who they are and helping people affirm from who they are. Um, oh, I had How a point. How you respond to people that, um, that say that? Like, why would you transition? They have, as as Diamond would say, they haven't even graduated from Trans 101 yet. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, like, you can't even begin to, like, argue with someone if that is their yeah. argument against your existence and your relationship. You can't even just, like, open that window for them because they haven't even Mm -hmm. they don't even know the difference between sexuality and gender identity yet Mm -hmm. so you can't even have that conversation with them yet so I just kind of I don't entertain it it's like 
you're not even there yet and I'm not I don't have the time energy to get you there because I don't even know you random person that's trolling our Instagram accounts like it's not worth the effort at the end of the day if that's their argument so Jessica is a popular person in Houston I'm sure she deal with me too a, yeah, wait I'm sure she deals with a lot of you're not announced Jessica's boyfriend yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she deals with a lot of chasers and I don't know if you dealt with um, either either of y'all dealt with like being clocked in uh, public. Um, if y'all have, how did y'all deal with that? Ooh, you talk about the chasers. I'll talk about clocking. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yes, I have. I mean, I do get a lot of people that are interested, but I don't like follow up to know. Is if they're chasers necessarily or not. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's... Yeah, mm-hmm. I just don't respond to a lot of people, honestly. <laughs> like, just to keep it real, I just... I don't... Like, if they come at me, like, sideways or, like, if they... I yeah. just I just honestly do not respond. Like, I'm like, I try not to, like, involve myself in those spaces. But mm-hmm. um, I will say this is kind of going into, like, a little separate way and then I'll let you talk about um, being mm-hmm. clocked and stuff. But... On social media, there's a lot of pros and cons. I will say I've been able to find community and it's been great. That's how me and Alex met was through social media. Mm -hmm. Um, But also there's like another side to it. And I've had to learn how to like practice Mm self-care because of that. There was an Instagram handle that had like, I think almost 20,000 followers and they shared my picture and at first I was like oh cool you know like I was like excited but then when I looked in the caption it it they had tagged me and they had like throw up emojis and it was like yeah it was yeah it was like a before and after picture that I had posted and one of the reasons that I post that is because I'm taking the power of my narrative and I'm putting it like this is me like I have family members who aren't accepting and they've tried to post pictures before to like embarrass me or hurt me Mm. or whatever. So I've taken the power of like, this is me, this was me and this is where I am today. And I'm proud to like, you know, stand and be affirmed. But anyways, um, yeah, it was like some religious page and all of these people like went on my Instagram and they were like commenting on random pictures going through and talking about gross stuff, sending me messages even wow. a few went to Alex's page and like said stuff to him. And then like, they were just talking really badly about us in the comments. What? And that was like, it had, a, it went on for, I want to say about a week. Wow. Um, and it was just like constant. Like every time I pick my phone up, there was like another message. There was another comment. There was another something. Damn. And that was really hard. That was one of the main times that I felt threatened because it was mm. like, people were like looking on my page, looking at my face, looking at like mm. the locations that I've been. And like, mm-hmm. you know, that was one of the, the bigger times. And like some of them were, you know, putting some type of threats and stuff that they mm. were, it was very scary that double-edged sword of visibility it is there's a double-edged sword and i think a lot of times i talk and i share a lot of the public you know um, the positive things you know to the Mm -hmm. public of you know oh i'm over here doing this and this is great but i think people have to also realize that like every single time that we go out and we do something else like we're putting a larger target on our back and you know i mean while a piece of me wants to think that like 
I'm doing this and like I feel supported by my community and like somewhat safe. Like at the end of the day, when I go home, like I'm going home alone. Like, mm. well, I mean, Alex is there, but like when I'm leaving these <laughs> events or, you know, yeah. all that stuff, a lot of the times it's by myself and it's mm. scary to continue to see on social media that stuff and then to personally be threatened and all of that. So mm. there's like a lot of things that we have to take into consideration when we're dealing with social media and being visible and realizing that. I completely agree. I, th I think something that's that scares me as far as social media is like, like when you were saying people see like your location and stuff. Uh, I, I, I think about like just random people like trying to figure out where I'm at and getting me together oh, just because she lives in Houston. You, yeah. Like, Oh, oh I know where exactly where that is. Yeah. Oh, she goes there every, every Thursday. Oh, let me, but I think that, um, the upside is like, you know, just being prepared and, um, getting you some weapons, some mace, something just in case somebody tries it, you know, and, and don't let it defeat you into living your life. Cause I think I, that's kind of what comes with, um, when you live your life, your life out loud. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I'll, I'll go ahead, uh, Alex. Okay. Uh, as far as being like clocked in public, um, together as a couple, it hasn't really happened, um, outside of like pride, maybe a little bit, like when I'm shirtless, um, then they know that I'm a trans man. I guess that like comes with our privilege. Um, um, because we've both been on hormones for so long that like we have that cis passing privilege in public. Um, so like when we're just out doing our thing, we just kind of look like, oh, those two people are tall. Like, and it helps that like, I guess I'm a little bit taller than Jessica. I don't know. That doesn't really matter. But like in public, mm -hmm. we're just kind of read as like, oh, they're just a tall black couple. They're cute. They're in love, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. But people don't look at us and. Yeah, oh, once. okay. Story time. <laughs> it happened one time um it was in front of my dad's place in san antonio and those two white guys like approached us um i think they were in a gay relationship and so i think with that like him being familiar with like parts of the community and stuff like that was like but we were walking and he was, he kept looking at me and he's like, wow, you're so beautiful. Like you're, you're just, you know, you're stunning. And I was like, Oh, thanks. You know? And like, we just kept, we were like trying to keep walking. And then he was just like, yeah, he had worded it something like you're too pretty to be like a cis woman or he didn't say it like that. Oh. Uh, he's, he said something like that, like what? almost, you know how they say that, like, trans women are like yeah. hyper femme and like go yeah. all the way over the top and like do all like he was kind of suggesting that mm. which yeah that's what he was like kind of playing off like wow. he was like you're like doing too much to be like a real woman type thing what? and it was like that was very interesting for me it was awkward how and did like, y'all handle that <laughs> Ooh, you know he he a black man we talk about fried chicken but um but yeah so it was just kind of like that was like the one time that that's happened when we we've been together. Mm -hmm. um, but what was the response? Like, what did y'all say anything or did you just ignore it? I think we were just so taken off guard. <laughs> you were just gagging like, uh, yeah, like that fuck up the mood. That was like the <laughs> least likely place. Like we're at her dad's restaurant. 
trying to get some chicken. Oh. Um, <laughs> we were at her dad's restaurant, just uh, about to walk in, literally, and they're just standing outside. We kind of parked by them, and we had to pass by them. And so for him to have such direct... Yeah, it wasn't passing. Um, so like for him to have like such direct, suggestive comments like that um, and such a quick interaction, it just kind of took us off guard and we were just kind of like going about our way. Like it was just awkward. Like we didn't really know how to address it because it's like, why are you being like this in a place like this? And yeah. Well, but one more time, but one more time. Um, I was by myself. I went to like one of my really good friends. Her sister got married. And when I walked in, like all the, like all of her family were like looking at me and they were like, oh my gosh, like you could tell like all the men were interested, right? Like they were all just looking and like smiling and, you know, right. They're like, who is that? (laughs) You know, she looks good, blah, blah, blah. So I was like walking, feeling myself. (laughs) And then, um, like later I'm like standing in line. We were like dancing, having a good time. Then I was standing in line to get something to eat with one of my, uh, she's not as close of a friend, but she's like one, like I met her through the other girl. So we were standing in line and my really close friend was like running around doing something because her sister was getting married. So anyway, some guy comes up to me and he's like, are you a woman? Oh, and, and that's how you know they've been spilling tea in the background. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Especially when you know you when you put that first initial push push through, you know if you got through, if you didn't, if don't nobody clock and ain't nobody said nothing, that's how you know you got through. But then when but later you know on what? somebody come up, you know somebody didn't say something. I was so taken off guard. Like I, I honestly, like was I, it, it was no. Oh, this okay. was before we Wait, were in our. Mm. Oh, we weren't even together. We weren't even together yet. Um, the audacity of that though but but you know what he asked it so casually and like it was just like are you a woman and like so when he said it I was just like yeah like I didn't think (laughs) to like relate like I it did not hit me until I was like yeah and he was like boom and then he like walked off and I was like and then the girl that was next to me was like oh my god I'm so sorry I should have said something and when she said that it hit me what he was hinting at. Like, I, I didn't even, like, I was not even thinking about, like, I was just having a good time. It did not click that that's what he was, like, getting at. And so then it hit me, and I just, like, started crying, and I was just, like, I'm just, like, so embarrassed. Like, I'm here. I'm trying to have a good time. Like, who mm-hmm. is going over here saying these things? And, like, mm-hmm. do they realize that that's putting me in danger at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. And it was, like, I felt so overwhelmed and so unprotected, and I was, like, I just want to leave. I don't want to be here. Like, my thing is to just leave because I don't want to be in a situation. Like, if him and a few of his buddies get together and, you know, they want to find out or, you know, whatever, I was, like, I don't want to be here for that. So, and we got to know that we got to unpack that shame in ourselves because somebody, somebody having that audacity to, um, to think that it's okay to even question what we are to coming that I know for me and it, and I, when somebody does that to me, there is some type of shame there. And that's probably why you started crying because I know when, now that I'm older, it doesn't faze me like it did when I was younger. Mm -hmm. But when I was younger, it was a shame there. It was a shame. You know why it was a shame? Because I, by you asking me that, I did not perform cis heteronormativity the way I am trying to do it. Mm -hmm. 
I do not have the surgeries I want to have. This is how it all translated in my body and my mind. I didn't have the surgeries that I wanted to have. I didn't. When I get this FFS, people are not going to do that to me. When I go, I didn't have the man. When I got this, if I had some big, strong black man next to me, that, that, that was my husband that, that claimed me, this wouldn't happen to me. If I had all the things that I thought, all the markers that this is what a woman is if you don't have and for me and for all trans women and trans men that those markers are going to be different so for me it was to have a man it was to have my ffs have my body the way it was wanted the way it's supposed to be have all these things that are just perfect then and this wouldn't happen to me I thought that that was what it was. And so when it when that when it didn't when somebody come and when somebody clocked me or when somebody come and asked me that, it just affirmed into my insecure self that oh bitch you haven't made it. You haven't made it there yet. And so when I got to the when I got as I got older and I and I had all those markers. I had my FFS, I had my body the way I wanted to have it. I had a man on my side and something happened like that and I still had that shame. I realize that this is ridiculous. This is something that I have to work on. This is something that I have to undo because I can't f- keep feeling this shame about being trans. And for me, it was internalized transphobia. Like right. you are not okay with being the trans woman that you are. And right. once you get to that point to say, I'm a trans woman, I'm not a cis woman. So sometimes motherfucker, you might see that I got a little stubble if, it, if I didn't get it together. You might see some remnants of my birth <laughs> you might see something right. you might but that's what the fuck that's what comes along with being a trans woman that's what comes along with being who the fuck i am mm-hmm. and so this is what it is right and so i i had to undo that internalized transphobia that i didn't call internalized transphobia because i didn't have the language i hadn't mm-hmm. unpacked it mm-hmm. I, I didn't understand it mm-hmm. i didn't un- you don't ha- you also think because you're trans you don't have internalized transphobia exactly oh. exactly oh. so i'm i didn't I'm, I'm thinking i'm a trans woman of course i say accept myself but not realizing by trying to perform cis heteronormativity right. in my physical in my mannerism and everything else i'm saying that they are the motherfucking standard Right. I'm saying that they are the ones that I'm inspiring to be. I'm mm. giving credence and c- credibility to when a tr- when a cis woman say, "Oh, you want to be me." I'm giving them the mm. reason why mm-hmm. they say that. Mm-hmm. I'm giving them the power. Mm-hmm. And so when I realize that, I stop doing that shit. Right. I stop saying you, you. This is who I am. However I look, however I am now, if it's where I want to be, however. It falls in what a cis woman looks like. Oh, well, if it doesn't meet your standards, oh, well, if it does meet your standards, great, thanks. But this is who I am. I love who I am now. I love that I'm a trans woman. And that's why I stopped doing that stealth shit. Right. Only time I don't tell when I'm trans is if, if it's about money. (laughs) <laughs> if I got a job and I don't need to talk about it and I'm right. trying to get this bag, cool. But any other time, I'm going to tell you I'm a trans woman. No, I'm not a cis woman. Well, I think to me, like, I relate 100% to everything that you're saying. But, in, like, in that moment, I mean, it's not that I was trying to be stealth. It was just that it was... Right, 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 right. I'm just saying, like, you know, it just... It wasn't relevant. Like, just like you're saying, if you're going to work or you're going to job, like, as long as you go there and you, like, do your job duties or whatever and, like, you're good and you make your money, like, it doesn't... That doesn't matter. And so in that space, like, I was like, this isn't about me. This isn't... Like, I'm just I'm just here as something. And then, like, for that to be brought into a space that, like, it just was, like... It was a lot. But also... 
I want to talk about that idea of like, I can speak, especially from a trans woman standpoint that like having surgeries and especially having the surgery that everybody always talks about, I feel that there is such a pressure. There has been such a pressure for so many trans women to get bottom surgery, even if they don't want it. Even if they don't have dysphoria, even if they don't have bottom dysphoria, there is such a strong pressure to get bottom surgery just to be accepted. And I think after going through all of the pain and going dilating and going through all of the all of the things that it requires and then still not being accepted dating wise and all of that stuff as a real woman, whatever the other people may say, it's like you invest so much money, so much physical energy, so much time into like trying to perfect yourself in all of these different ways to be accepted. And it's like still, you're not good enough. Like you're not Mm -hmm. accepted. And so I like what you said about like us saying this, you know, we're giving them the power to saying like, we're trying to, we're inspired by you. We want to be you. Like that's not the goal. That used to be a goal for me. Like when I was younger, that used to be the goal. Like I was like, I need to do all this and this and this and this to like be like this, to to look like you, to do this and do that. And it's like now it's it's affirming to say like, this is who I am. This is who I was. Like, yes, I'm tall. Yes, I have big feet. Yes, I have big hands, whatever, right? Like I'm okay with that because this is who I am, right? I, I also had to let me, sometimes getting clogged is about association too. Like people like, you're yes. popular you're yeah. popular so that's bound to happen and the same thing with mia um she's popular amongst men because of a previous hustle so i'd be letting her know do you know the majority of the men already know who you are like there would be moments where we would leave certain places and then it'll be a guy like i just saw you like it'll be a random guy just coming out of nowhere messaging on whatever platform like i just saw you i'm like do you realize some of these guys want to be the cis het guy so bad they will be willing to spill you being trans to other men to show that oh i could tell or i'm so straight and i'm seeing all this you you don't see that well i see it meanwhile they everyone they hey, booty cloud you, know, you, <laughs> you can think oh i just look like a man because you don't know the backstory, you don't know that this nigga just clocked you over here because he's seen your ad because he like trans women. Right. <laughs> and you don't know that that happened over at the bar. So when you come into the line at the chachos, da 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 da, and then the whispering start to happen, you're thinking like, oh my God, they're clocking me because of my looks. You, Oh my God, they're clocking me because I don't fit this standard. They're clocking me because, oh, do I look clocked today? Is my makeup wrong? Is You, you get to start thinking that it's right. you when it, when it playing on your insecurities when it didn't have anything to do with that it's just that yo i live my life openly and somebody knew and it and 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 i think my point was it once we get to the point where we do not have to be shamed to be trans like i am a trans woman so whatever you see whatever it is just like when we talk about you know when people say oh you really just don't look trans yes i do i'm trans this is what i look like you see what I'm saying? When people that. say, oh, God, you, you God, I really trans. couldn't tell it all. You look really, 
you don't look trans at all. Yes, I do. I'm actually a trans woman. So I do look trans. This is how trans looks. Right. But you know what? <laughs> it's funny because people say that as a compliment. All like the, it's like yes. it's a compliment. Like you don't look trans. I've I've gotten but I've gotten that like so those are microaggressions, right? Yes, they are. And so I've even experienced that from like being black, right? Like, oh, you're pretty for a black girl or you, you all know, of all of that kind of stuff. And so it's like people have turned these ideas into thinking it's compliments when really they're microaggressions and like reinforcing that you should have some type of shame about who you are exactly. at the end of the day. Like, oh, well, you don't look, you look pretty for a black girl or you, you know, you look whatever, right? Like it's mm -hmm. like reinforcing that, right? You're meeting a standard that's not typical for people like you to meet. So, right. you, you know. So love who you are as a trans person and don't be ashamed of who you are. That's the reason why we are fighting. That's the reason why this generation is going to make the generation better for the next generation. That's why we're out here being visible. That's why we're out here doing the work, sending fucking forums to teachers, doing all the things that we have been doing in our lives to make life better for the next generation. It's why this podcast exists. It is why she's fucking killing it on the runway. It, 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 it's, it's, this is why we do what we do this is why we deal with what we're, we've been talking about on this podcast so far why we are willing to deal with a double-edged sword why we're willing to deal with the negative that comes with visibility because we know it's a positive that happens that somebody did it for us <laughs> decades ago so because yeah. we wouldn't be here if as visible as we are if the people like Marsha P. Johnson Stormy and um, uh, um, Sylvia Rivera Sylvia Rivera and all these and, and all the trans men who, who who open doors it's so many people that has has set this stage for us and we're it's like a pyramid we're setting a new stage on top of that stage and going forward and forward right do y'all ever have to or feel the need that y'all have to call each other out on internalized transphobia do you ever have to be like no i'm calling you out on this right now like that was transphobic or do you feel like y'all are grounded enough in your transness because i feel like there's a level of being grounded in your transness and being in love with a trans person that affirms that and makes a lot of transphobia dissolve like at least that's what happened for me yes option two on that one i feel like <laughs> <laughs> i feel uh -huh. like we're so grounded uh in who we are and then who mm -hmm. we are as a couple that that mm -hmm. internalized or the transphobia doesn't really doesn't ever happen because y'all um, are a binary couple, right? Yeah. So, so do y'all ever <laughs> feel like you gotta be like, nah? Maybe we should explore this, these outside boxes, or um, I don't know how to explain it. Like, do you ever feel like y'all ever try to fit into those cishead norms too much, where y'all have the conversation about it and maybe try different things or different have different conversations? Uh, you want to answer it? <laughs> um, I think honestly with that, Alex has always been very good with it. Um, and I think I've had to work a little bit more, but like more personally, like with that. But I mean, it's not like we've had open, like we've been open from the beginning. And so I think like, I'll admit that like, for instance, Alex, like I said earlier, is the most expressive man that I've been with and like all of this stuff. So there's differences that I've noticed from being with cis men, but it's not like I'm like, well, all the cis men I've been with did this. Like, I don't like, I don't want to make him feel like, like he, yeah, I don't want to make him feel guilty or like that. He's not good enough because I know what that feels like from being in relationships. And so I don't bring that toxicity 
into the relationship. So if I like have a feeling about something, I'll, I'll check it myself before bringing that out. And that's why I try to be very, I, I like to think on stuff before I bring it out just because I don't want to say something that will be a trigger for him or make him feel like, you know, he's not good enough or something. So, I mean, there's been things that I've had to like think about and like work through on my own. Um, but not, not to like, yeah, not to like a, an extreme point that it's like, Oh my God, everything is bad. And like, I have to restructure it in my entire way of thinking and all of this stuff. Like, it's just been like certain things and I'll be like, oh, okay, you know, I have to like think about it and think about why this brings meaning to me and why I feel that way and whatever. And then like kind of work through that. Uh, same thing, but the opposite. Uh, I don't ever try to say anything that, uh, is any type of sideways towards Jessica in regards to like, um, hinting at or sideways. Like, Do you ever have to call each other out at all? Like uh, as far as like internalized transphobia. Yeah. Like, okay, so for instance, it could be something like if Mia is picking at herself, like something she really wants is FFS. I'm like, babe, you are beautiful. Like, chill, chill, chill. You're beautiful. And like instances, there's been a moment in the past where I like her. I didn't I didn't have the capacity to see that she was a popular girl and that that's why a lot of the reason why she got clogged. And so me not seeing that yet, I did. It was a moment where I distanced myself in the store. We actually had a conversation about. It. I distanced myself in the store because I was just like, you know what? Because it was a moment where she was like depressed and just letting herself go. And I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna be over here shopping. You be over there. And that really affected her in a in a big way. And I had to be checked in that moment. Mm-hmm. And there's moments where I have to check her about her internalized transphobia about. Um, her just not loving herself sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with me. Like, do you ever have moments like in those dysphoric Thank moments? Thank you <laughs> for breaking it down. Well, you know, <laughs> well, just to, just to be open, like, um, and cause I don't think people talk about this a lot. Um, throughout my life, I have, um, dealt with like, um, severe depression. And so like, um, I've had to learn how to, um, how to, how to respond when I feel like myself going down, Mm -hmm. um, down a hill and how to, um, how not to do it. And like being in the relationship, um, showed me that it wasn't normal. Cause at, there was a point where I was normalizing it because it it became a part of my life. So, um, um, I think that it's important to have that conversation because a lot of people don't talk about it. Mm. Okay, on the topic of FFS, um, this has kind of been a recent topic for us. Um, and I was feeling the same way that you were, Z, which was, you're gorgeous. Like, yeah. I don't know why in the world you would want to change anything. Yeah. And um, But then I had to, like, check myself um, mm-hmm. because I have had top surgery. I had top surgery a year ago, and, like, those feelings that I had – Mm-hmm. pre-op yes. are the feelings that she's going through now where she's uh, like still feeling like she's not herself all the way. And so like where I feel whole and complete, like I don't have any bottom dysphoria, like the top surgery mm-hmm. is what was really holding me back. Mm-hmm. That's how she's feeling about FFS. And so like, I just had to like 
throw all those comments out that I ha- I felt about. Oh, she's you're beautiful. Why would you want to change? Oh, you anything? had to check your own transphobia. My, like yeah. I'm not about to tell her she's gorgeous yeah, and don't need anything. She supported me 100 percent right, right. when I had my top surgery. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna support her. Whatever she wants to do, whatever makes her feel affirmed mm-hmm. and who she is. Like I'm gonna be with you. Like. No matter what, no matter where you go, if you decided to have it or not, I'm yeah. going to be with you. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because you supported me, and that's what sh- we should do. We're together. Right, right, right. That's cool, man. And you're healthy. So are you. And I think it goes back to what Jessica said earlier, that like our transition is for us. Right. It's yeah. like like I, I'm not doing this because the whatever surgery I think that I need – I'm not doing this. It gets to a point where this is not for anybody. This is how I want to see myself, how I want to navigate in the world, how I want my body to look. And so um, if I see things that I want to tweak and things that, yes, and it's not that I don't think I'm pretty. (laughs) It's it's just that I, I feel like this, step can take me to where I want to be. And so um as we close out, I want to um <laughs> to be progressive of how I check that of not just being like, babe, you gorgeous to try to solve it cuz that don't solve anything. Mm-hmm. I just be like, okay, well let's take the pictures to send it to the doctor. Right, Come on, let's, let's take the pictures, together. send it to the doctor so we can get the quote or let's let's save up for it or let's figure out a plan like how we gonna do it you gorgeous but let's figure out our transition like let's do it that's a progressive way how to handle it right another um amazing black transmedia outlet is black transmedia and i did an interview with um sasha alexander who created that and they They, in our interview, they said, and and something, a a slogan that they created is black trans love is wealth. And I want you all to close out by telling me how has black trans love been wealthy for you and enriched your life? Mm, I'll let you start. (laughs) Mm. God, you're you're real poetic. God, uh, I feel like. I was okay. <laughs> The reason why I think that's that's an important question is because the world outside of our community reflects that with the death that's happened in our community, with the um lack of access, the banning, the the society is reflecting that we don't deserve love and we don't deserve care. Um, sometimes harshly it, it implies that we deserve to die just for existing. Um, it makes us feel that the choice that we're going to hell, that we don't even deserve God's love. Mm-hmm. Um, um Also, it makes us feel that because of making the choice to be authentically who we are, that 
the sacrifice for being who we are is that we don't get love, that we don't get love from our parents. We don't talk to them for nine months. We don't um, we don't get the full acceptance. We got to deal with the pronoun shit when we go home. We don't get the tenderness. We don't get the love. We don't get the care anymore because this is the choice that you made. So I don't get to you don't get that anymore. You don't get that care. Oh, um, because you as if it is a choice. Um you chose to be a trans woman. You chose to be a man. So if you were regular, you can go get this job. If you were regular, you wouldn't be dealing with workforce uh, discrimination. If you if you didn't make this choice to be who you are, you could get the love that you deserve. You can get the care that you deserve. So I really the reason why I'm asking that and why I want you to explore your answer is because I think it's important for people to hear how... Not only in the face of that, that y'all have found each other, that y'all have explored and grew and just become this powerhouse of love for each other. And I want to know how has that made you wealthy? Mm. All right. Um, I will say before I met Jessica, I like now she makes me whole but i felt like i was only like doing half the work like my advocacy was like cut in half cuz like i really didn't have access to the trans community or uh the trans women side it seemed like mm -hmm. my whole circle everyone mm -hmm. that i interacted with online was all trans men and so um jessica kind of like opened that gateway to trans women and like um, the stuff that they specifically go through um, with uh, hormones and just like surgeries and like the stigmas that go along with um, being viewed as male and now being viewed as female and like in a lot of ways it was reverse or like it is reverse it's like I don't have to worry about taking up too much space for example in public because like typically in quotes um, men take up more space in public like on the subway like man spreading and like all that stuff it's like <laughs> uh, it's like um, whereas Jessica's just kind of like you know what I'm trying to say uh, <laughs> kind of <laughs> kinda. Um, but she's just like our love together like I just feel like we're just 100% like we're on the same page and like we can talk about anything and like we don't have to hide who we are or anything about ourselves mm. because like we accept each other 100% for who we are from like mm. the time that we wake up in the morning mm. bedhead no makeup I still tell her <laughs> that she's beautiful because she doesn't need makeup to Amen. be a woman she doesn't Amen. need yeah <laughs> uh, if she wants to wear heels and be taller than me I don't feel some type of way right? that, because, I'm shorter like, than me she, so. <laughs> <laughs> right that, that makes her feel like herself and mm. like I'm not gonna police her and tell her she can't do this this and this and like mm. especially people online um, they try to police her and tell her that she shouldn't be like posting bikini pics and whatever like when she gets a new uh but like she loves bikinis, she has like seventy five thousand now, and, <laughs> and she loves posting pictures in her new ones. And like people, like cis men, normally have something to say about it in her inbox or in the comments saying, uh, "Why does your man let you post pictures like this?" And I'm like, 
Yo, that's Let. that that's Let. something. Like, that's so weird. To I'm me. like, you. She is her funny. own person, <laughs> and this is what makes her feel beautiful and sexy. Like, it's the internet. You can post whatever you want to. It doesn't matter. Like, this is what makes her feel good about mm-hmm. herself. Like, I'm not here to tell her to do anything. Right. So for me, um, I don't feel like a burden. I never feel like a burden. I feel like um, my vulnerability my expressiveness is appreciated mm-hmm. um i feel like um i feel like what you were saying i feel whole um i feel like i'm healing in the process of being in a relationship i'm healing my internalized transphobia i'm um he we're both healing together we're healing both of our trauma our past trauma um we we affirm each other um uh when we walk our our very existence when we're together we're just we're some, we're a revolution we're we're a whole revolution we when we go to the store like we might be the it's of somebody clocked but we're still a revolution we're, we're powerful we have we have a voice we have um we have a place here like um what else like we can create something together we can create a child together we can create um another revolution like having having a child together would be a revolution because people try to (laughs) right people try to say that's that's weird that's abnormal that's that's out of line that's 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 something that's not really talked about either um we're just black love like right. unapologetically <laughs> black love like any other cis couple like even that's a revolution um everything about our existence is just empowering all the time even through our ups and downs of dealing with a lot dealing with bullshit dealing with trash ass niggas that come out of nowhere um just <laughs> me learning how to how to I have to learn how to become a man with her. Like I have to, I have to, like more than anything, the push, the the necessity for me to become a man is is more is ten times more important. Like I have to be grounded in who I am and what I like and who I love. I have to be unapologetic. I have no choice but to be a revolutionary in a trans relationship. We have no choice because, like, we're viewed as the men, but also, like, the epidemic of what's happening to black trans women. We have to step it all the way up to protect them so that they are not the next headline. Right. 100%. <laughs> 100. That, that, was, yeah. that, was, that, that was beautiful. I'm going to let Jessica go ahead. <laughs> That was beautiful. Um, I think being in this relationship has been like the most affirming thing for me. I used to wonder about like if I were to ever date somebody trans, if I would feel affirmed or not. Like I, I had all of these like misconceptions and ideas because it was so far from like the heterosis normative lifestyle or whatever that like it, it could be bad, you know, because we were, we're raised thinking that anything that is not 
cis or not hetero or not like trying to be that is bad or like bad for you. But this has been like the most affirming thing that I've ever done. Mm -hmm. Um, This is the most affirming relationship that I've ever been in. And so I think I definitely relate to what like what y'all were saying about like growing and like loving and learning together. Um, I feel like even just like knowing that I can like not be in the room and still be affirmed is really important to me as well. Like I know that if I wasn't in the room, Alex would defend me in like the best way. And like, I can't say that previously because whether them not being educated enough or whether there's just a lot of differences and it's on a deep level. And I would say that it's, it's deeper than, than assist relationship. I I would say it's much it's it's much deeper than that because there's a deeper level of understanding. I think even like I can speak for all of my relationships after becoming like becoming who I am and living in my truth have become so much deeper and they've become so much more meaningful because it's like I'm not pretending to be something to get your acceptance. Like mm-hmm. I'm being myself and you're accepting me for that. So whether that's in friendships especially in relationships, um, especially in a trans relationship, it's just the most affirming to know that like I can be myself, you can be yourself and we can grow and we can learn and we can like fight together and like, you know, continue building the stage. Yes. And I'm like, I completely agree with everybody. Like as far as like, (laughs) like, like, like how affirming it is. And, um, I I always tell Z I'm just like I never thought that I would be in a relationship with a trans man. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just it's not that I I didn't um I didn't accept trans men as a counterpart. I just I never uh, thought about it, mm-hmm. and like being with him and being in spaces with him where we we protect each other and mm-hmm. and. Like him understanding me, even though sometimes we get upset at each other, he still has my back. He still uh, shows me how to affirm myself and how to how accountability, uh, how accountability looks like. And like we're we're always helping each other grow. Like uh, something that I really love about our relationship is that we listen to each other and we try to change. And that has a lot to do with um accountability mm-hmm. we try to change the way we act and and I just I really never thought that I would be in a relationship with this being my first relationship and Z's just been such an amazing person like I I don't feel awkward when I go out in public I don't feel like oh my god oh besides the the grocery shopping incident that in that time frame, but but besides that, he's really stepped up and he's really showed me that hey, you know, I don't care. No, give me your hand. I'm I don't care what people are are gonna say about you. I don't. Oh, these guys over here. I'm gonna kiss you. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you feel beautiful as the woman that you are and how I see you. And and the fact that he still tells me that I'm beautiful without makeup is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but, because, but no, because no, listen, y'all. 
<laughs> I used to I used to like have a really big problem with sleeping in makeup because I was like, oh my God, I don't I don't look as feminine as I feel like I will look without makeup because FFS is something that I really like. I really, I really, I really want it. And um and I still want, but um like him him saying like I don't care about all that like you're still beautiful regardless it's just amazing and how we how we help each other grow like we help each other grow in our transness and not looking at the world like it's it's against us like we actually belong here and we exist and our love our love is um our love for each other is a resistance against all the naysayers and the people who say that we can't be who we are and be in a relationship with somebody that is just like us. So I want to thank y'all for that because as a single bitch, <laughs> y'all are a beacon of hope. Y'all are a standard that I will never go under. Mm. Y'all are are establishing something in me that says I deserve, that says this is what it looks like. And if you ain't bringing it like this, I don't want it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, and I think y'all are a standard for other people, not just trans folks, but just cis people, everybody. Um who is looking for that affirmation, who is looking for that support. And I think y'all are just speaking of light. So I want to thank y'all for coming to the show. Thank I'm, you for having us. Yes. So much for having us. Yes, 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 yes. So tell them where they can find you. You know, the uh, obligatory. <laughs> so. Plug. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Jessica Zyri. Or Instagram at the Jessica Zyri. Zyri is spelled Z Y R I E. Um, and Twitter as well, the Jessica Zyri. But if you Google me, you'll find oh. me. <laughs> All right, you can find me on Facebook, Alex Lane Miller. Keeping it simple. Um, <laughs> and then the same thing on Instagram is at Alex Lane Miller. Um, yeah, and then if you want to come to the uh, our workshop at Gender Unbound. Um, it's on October 25th. Infinity. Oh, I'm, ooh, yeah. <laughs> Gender Infinity. If you want to uh, come to our workshop called Trans Relationship, it is on October 25th here in Houston. Um, you can buy tickets at genderinfinity.org. All righty, and I'm going to put their information in the bottom. Make sure y'all go and show them love. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We'll be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamond, S-T-Y-L-Z, at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. You going to say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, (laughs) y'all.
Every little thing's gonna be alright. Gonna be alright.